11 o'clock comics episode 67 <laughs> the jokes will be flying fast and furious you know it. We should have a sex themed episode. We should do a little bit of the sex band. Yeah, yeah. Talk about romance. Yeah, talk about That's arrows. Right. Yep. Contract. My girl Truna. She got big back. <laughs> Did you know she that Tom Sutton drew a lot of porno comics for, well, I'm saying a nice number of porno comics for Jerry uh, Rock. Under the name, what was it, Dementia? Dementia Show or something like that? It's disgusting work for fan graphics, but it's great. It's really? Yeah. You're, you, you've seen it. Well. You've seen all the Wally Wood porn stuff. The Wally Wood stuff pales. I mean, that's tame compared to what Tom Sutton did. He did an oh. EC takeoff book called Crypt of Cum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's Let's nasty save this for episode shit. 69, though. Come on. Okay, we will. We'll, uh, we'll, I'll do, we'll do our profile on Crypt of Cum for episode 69. Wait, awesome. Well, nice. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, man. Smoking. Oh, you brought the heat. Yeah. All right. Look at this. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. I'm excited. I am. I'm you excited. I, 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 yeah, next week I'll be with my friends. Kid. Oh. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I'm Chris Neesman, and uh, it feels like forever since we talked, because it was what, Tuesday of last week, and it's Thursday this week, so yeah. our schedules are all off, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been well over a week since I talked to you guys, so, so Chris, hi. you don't you don't let them see the little man behind the curtain. Oh, did I pull the curtain back? Uh, well, that's yeah. the thing with our show. We let them see the man behind the curtain, and they can yeah. touch him if they want to. Uh, unfortunately, oh, our, our, ours, is, ours is a shower curtain. So it's yeah. it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's, a meat, it's actually a meat curtain. Uh, <laughs> close the barn door. I'm 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 David Price and I'm the uh, contrarian. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh. oh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> and of course, I am Horatio Hellpop. Oh, that's cool. Wow. I think I I think I will make you Horatio Hellpop instead of your normal Jason Wood. Nice. Horatio's cool. Are you having dreams? Bad dreams? Horatio Valdemar Hellpop. Nice. Who's no, that? you're not. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, did, he, did he say who's that? <laughs> David's having a coronary right now. <laughs> who, who is that? Oh, no. You're not kidding. Oh, really? No. It's Nexus. It's Nexus, man. Oh. Oh, okay. I okay. Need, no, he, he was just being, he was being coy. On he knows who it is. I need, I need something. <laughs> this, is, this is Chris's uh, version of I never read uh, uh, Batman Year One. Batman Year One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the script. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood. Yes. Wait, but it's this, what is the script you talk about? Yeah, I'm just being facetious. Jason Wood is in the house. Hey, Jason. What's up, fools? What's up, buddy? We're all here. Yes, it was a very trying week, and that's it was. And, 
No, kind of, yeah. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of things I'm trying to get together for next week. And, you know, we're doing it Thursday this week because I went to see a concert, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, we're just off schedule. Everything feels weird. Did you rock out with your cock out? I was rocking out Major League, yeah. It was a really fun time. It was. And I will say one thing. Never doubt the word of Mr. Dallin Baumgarten because he's always right. There you go. He, he told me a little something, something going into the concert, and sure enough, it panned out exactly the way he said. Really? What did he say yep. to wear? Uh, well, I don't want to. No, I don't want to talk out of school. But he just said he said certain people will rock my world, and certain people will leave me. Ah, I see. Very uh, wanting. Uh, yes, a little bit. Very uh, underwhelmed. Let's just put it that way. And he was right. He was right. Slayer kicked freaking ass. I was so impressed with how how much how professional Slayer is. Because I've never seen them before. And you would think that kind of a band would be, you know, in your face, antagonistic. Nah, they were pleasant, professional, had amazing sound, and gave 110%. The same cannot be said for for other people. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Pathetic. But let's Um, not go there. You you guys want to roll through the drink roll call here real quick so we can get get on to everything else? We would like to do it, brother. Uh, uh, I'm drinking, you know, my my standard summer drink. I'm drinking some uh, Jim Beam and Lemonade. So nice. It's, uh, it's one of my one of my favorites, uh, Mr. Price. I am drinking some uh, Red Stag on ice. Wow, what is Red Stag? Is Red Stag by Jim Beam, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah. Oh wow, I must be good because you're all talking not, over each other. I've not had that yet. It's tasty. It is good. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna force me to go to the liquor store now. I grabbed the last bottle, and uh, even um, even uh, even Renee was quite pleased with it. Wow. Okay. Well, what's it infused with? I'm black curious. cherry. Uh, it's well. That's, it says big old black cherry sign on the uh, on the front. It says contain blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, you you sound in. like you opened that bottle a while ago. I was going to say. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I started early. I started before we all got together. Ooh, nice. uh, it's going to be a good episode. Inspired by these uh, infused with natural flavors, just as the stately. El- yeah, see, they're not. They're not telling you. They're just like, yeah, it's just okay, natural. It's just, okay. I heard it's, it's, it's actual one. stag semen. That makes <laughs> the flavor you savor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mister Wood, how about you? Uh, living up to my uh, my Irish roots, I'm drinking an ice cold harp. Oh, okay, cool. Love me some harp. Don't mind yeah. the harp. Um, Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi. Man, oh. sorry. Disappoint me more. Vince, yeah. you're supposed to lie for the show. I'm drinking Stoli. Thank Vanilla. you. There yeah. you go. How about that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What's straight what, a little ice in it or what? Shit up. There's uh, frozen fetuses in it to keep it cold. Uh, <laughs> what Vince doesn't know is how much I'm going to guilt him into going out and drinking with me next week. And, and what Chris doesn't man. know is I cannot be moved. I'm the juggernaut. Oh, shit. Oh, when I make well, up maybe, my mind. Maybe Chris is the blob then. That would be cool. <laughs> hey. A little bit I'm of domino in the middle. Not, <laughs> not physically, dude. Damn. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some comics. Yeah. Let's do it, bitches. Well, obviously, the big news pouring into the internets this week was all the announcements coming out of the San Diego Comic-Con. What was that? Who was there? I just wasn't there, so much. I said, who was, what was that? Jesus oh, that what guy. was that? It was this big comic 
multimedia. If Twilight, if, if, if Twilight wasn't happening, I don't want to hear about it. Is that, I didn't <laughs> understand. What was the thing that all the dudes were holding up the the cardboard signs that say "Scream" if Twilight's ruining the convention? What I didn't. What was that about? Uh, I, who cares? Well, no I'm idea. just a little curious because I've seen a lot of photos and there's people in there with these cardboard signs like "Scream if Twilight's." You know, sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about this in the forums. Look, I understand for everyone that that, that San Diego is, you know, uh, an entertainment convention now, as much as it's a comic book thing. And there was the whole thing with uh, Chuck Cry for Me Rosansky, you know, oh, pitching yeah. that uh, he can't oh. sell his com- his overpriced comics at, at the con anymore, and it's not might not be worth for him going. And look, my thing is is San Diego may not be. For me, it may not be for you guys at this point, but I think it's great for the industry. I don't care what anybody says. Um, it's still a Comic Con. There's still an ass load of comics news, comics attendees. Um, oh, even if half the people don't care about comics, that still means that there's, what, a couple hundred thousand people pouring through that thing over four days that do. And at the end of the day, the fact that it's become one of the must attend things for all entertainment mediums is a testament to the fact that. You know, it means more geeky goodness for us, whether it be geeky TV shows, movies, books, comics, whatever, video games, and and that's all goodness. So I I always cringe when I hear the the post-San Diego con complaints about how it ain't what it used to be. Well, you know what? That's probably a good thing because there's plenty of great cons uh, that we could go to in lots of other places that are still have you know the genuine feel of hanging out with the creators and uh, doing your thing. So he opened the door. It's it's more of a well, it's more of a, a comic culture convention and that's mm-hmm. and that's totally yeah you know i i think i think that you know comics and comics culture deserves to have a huge convention that spotlight that spotlights everything that you know that we may or may not like but you know i think it's cool that there's a convention that is based around comics but you can still get like battlestar galactica right. or heaven, heaven forbid um some uh, some twilight stuff yeah have no, they, I know I've never been to the Comic Con. I know Chris has been. Have Have either you, or David, or, or Vince been? No, no, I've never been to the I, Mecca. Nope. Yeah, no, no, and you everyone who has gone has said you have to do hey, it. Hey, we're recording. Once. What's yeah. going on? Oh. Wow. Hi, Marta. While Chris is is oh, speaking, shit. oh Chris my god, I'm sorry. It's my got a mic on. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, As you're usual, my son, dude. Yeah. While he's doing that, let me take care of some business. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by the number 7 and the letters S, no, fuck it, D-C-B-S. That's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. You can get your books at significant discounts. 35, 45, 50, up to 75% off certain titles. Everything available in the previews, catalog proper, they can get for you at similar discounts. So check them out. DCBService.com. They are the best. I use them. So that's all you need to know, right? You know it. Right. Yes. And so there were a lot of announcements this time around. Uh, there are a couple that I would love to see come to fruition. You guys have some, some favorite announcements that were made that you, you just oh, sure. salivating sure. over? What, mm-hmm. what are some of those? Who you want the to go big first? announcement. Yeah, what's the the big one? The huge, the Wumba announcement yeah. was that and, and Marvel. And honestly, it was the only one that I can kind of think of right off the top of my head there weren't really a whole lot of 
big comic book announcements this year. Not like there was in the past. I think it's just like that the 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 static of announcements is that it's just like a lot of little voices talking and you can't really, you know, pull one out of the you know, out of the static. But you know, obviously the big one is that is that we might see some uh, some Miracle Man. Yeah. Yeah. That the um Marvel has secured the rights to Miracle Man through Mick Anglo and his quote representatives and uh from what i can glean from the the talk they're going to integrate the character into the marvel universe they didn't really say all that much about reprinting the alan moore stuff so yeah yeah i think that's pretty much up in the air can can you can you hear me with my thumbs down going that's not the way to do it (laughs) i i don't i don't Give a fuck about them putting Miracle Man in the Marvel Universe right well, now. That's, that's I want I want a fucking Miracle Man omnibus so I can how read about, this shit. How about how about we make sure though that we say it's it's Marvel Man. It, it was Miracle Man. Yeah. Right. But it's it's now back to Marvel Man because right, obviously the the suit but so I mean they're not it, it's they could go ahead and reprint the Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, Alan Davis, Chuck Beckerman and everybody else's, you know, Miracle Man, but it's it's Marvel Man that I guess they're going to start with. From when did when when did McAngelo create the character? Forties, fifties, forties, I think. Forties. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm sure this has been talked about on the internet. I assume it has, but it, it's them having the rights to to Marvel Man or Miracle Man or whatever. The only thing that I'm interested in is finally being able to read the, the stories that have been tied up in litigation forever. Marvel already has. Marvel Man or Miracle Man in the Marvel Universe. They haven't handled him particularly well, so this that doesn't excite me that they're going to reintroduce the same character into the Marvel Universe. It's no, I, I want to read. I want to read the old stuff that is you know, amazing, but hasn't been in print for ever. But yeah. what if? But wait, wait. But what if they bring you new stories of Marvel Man integrated into the Marvel Universe? They've been through, doing that. They've been wait, doing that. Wait, 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 wait. What if they do it through Neil Gaiman, the dude who f- who didn't get a chance right, to finish right. the series originally? I, yeah, that'd be cool. He, that'd be cool. He oh, was what's he gonna, instrumental. What's he gonna do, come out, what is he going to come do a six issue miniseries? Neil Gaiman doesn't. What's work. wrong with that? Well, okay, okay. We get a we get a, a new Marvel version of of Marvel Man by Neil Gaiman for six issues. That's cool. I, it's not going to rock my world. Well, I mean, the potential is there for these old, for the Alan Moore stories to be reprinted. Yeah. But with the Golden Age stuff—that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, Those things, things haven't been seen in in years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the reprints I'm excited about. I don't care about new stories. You know, it's it. They have that care. They made that character out of the air so they could do those kinds of stories so doing miracle man or marvel man or whatever the hell you want to call him doesn't matter doing new stories they can do that with the sentry if if somebody wants to write those kinds of stories but um it's the reprints i'm interested in hey 11 o'clock comics this is adam tennessee uh, aka darth willis on the forums just driving back off from seeing uh, transformers uh, Revenge of the Fallen. I have to agree with Vince on this. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was really good. I don't see what problems with the, all the critics and stuff had on it. It's fun just seeing, you know, big robots smash each other to pieces. And uh just got to say, Michael Bay loves his sunsets and uh, helicopters. And uh, I have to agree with 
kids on this, too, that uh, Megan Fox was really hot in it. And that scene with her on the straddle on the motorcycle. Just got, almost got a heart on just listening to it. Let me just watch it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's about all I had to say. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Talk to you later. See you on the forum. Hey, 11 o'clockers. It's uh, Adam Darth Willis again. I just wanted to add something to uh, what I said a few minutes ago about the Transformers. I didn't want it to sound like it. Uh, I thought it was a perfect movie or anything. There's a lot of things that, that I didn't like about it. A lot of the jokes uh, they put in were really juvenile and distasteful. The, the, the dog humping and, you know, the one thing that was just so stupid was it showed Devastator and had the the steel balls there, like his ball sack. It's just so juvenile and stupid. I guess that's why the critics, some things the critics probably didn't like about it, and some things I didn't like about it. But then again, there were like 13, 12, 13, 14-year-old boys down the front row of the theater, and and they were just laughing at all these jokes. So I guess that's more the audience is for just wanted to add that little thing and uh, talk to you later. There's a couple things about this. One, um, I, I'm, I'm with Vince on this one in the sense that I think new stories could be really cool because the one thing we that's clear for whatever reason, and since I haven't read the old stuff, I I can only go by what I've observed from the the the, the legend of it. Clearly, a lot of really great creators. Um, both currently working and, and in the past, there's something about this character and that 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 mythos that they adore. And I think any time you get you give creators like Gaiman or Alan Moore or whomever the chance to work with a character that they genuinely love and want to work with, I think that's goodness. So I think there's a chance that that new stories could be awesome. I mean, if if Gaiman or you know, obviously this is a guy that that Todd McFarlane and Gaiman and lots of other people fought over. So clearly there's something about this particular character that they all covet. And I think when right. you get it, give them a chance to work on something they covet, that's great. The other thing I guess I'm not clear about though from all of this is I'm not sure it's been disclosed that they have the rights to do any of the reprints. Right? I, it's been my understanding that that has not yet been made clear. And in fact. Because it wasn't made clear, a lot of people are speculating that this is more of the rights to the ongoing property and not not necessarily the rights to reprint Alan Moore stuff. Is right. that- I think it was made specific that they do have rights to reprint the Mick Anglo stuff. Right, right. Right, right. but not the Alan Moore. But, right. Then it's a non-announcement. Oh, really? Uh, half half I, full, buddy. You got to look. It's a potential's there. No, Never no, have no, we I, been. The, when in the past have we been this close to uh, an honest to God? Absolute version of Alan Moore's Miracle Man, and let's oh, be oh, let's okay. be fair, yeah, game yeah, into yeah. it. But but until but until they're able to reprint them that, that, then it's not an announcement. Then they're basically saying we're going to write more Sentry stories. Is is what they're saying, and that's 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 well, a there's non-announcement. The also, there's the supposition too that, given Marvel's unbelievably good financial position now, and that uh, this is a lot of people believe somewhat spearheaded by Neil Gaiman helping close the gap here and he was the one that brought Anglo to the table and, and got him to do this deal was that basically Marvel has the resources and the clout to 
now quickly roll up the rights to everything else because um, they have enough rights and enough legal backing that no one can really fight them. So they're gonna they're gonna cool. come to the table and get all this stuff locked up. And that, this is step one in a multi-step process. But you know whether it be six months or a year from now, we're gonna get to the point where it's official and they basically own lock, stock, and barrel everything. In which case, then obviously we're all gonna get this omnibus that we all would love to have. So yeah. I mean, I, and and I just, you I just, have a. Uh-huh a way of uh, mentioning that Marvel doesn't really have an evergreen title like DC has with Watchmen. This could be Marvel's evergreen title. It could. Yeah. It very well could. Sure. Yeah. They do it right. I just picked up the uh, the uh, Captain Britain omnibus. Awesome. You know, that's kind of <laughs> what I that's kind of what I want to see them do with with Miracle Man. I think would yeah, be what incredible. I'm, and then but, in trades, but you're right. It would be an amazing evergreen title for them. It's right. you know. And the best thing out of all this is that Mr. Anglo got some money. Yeah. So that's for, cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, David, you mentioned Chuck Beckham. Yeah. Is that, is that his, his, uh, the name that this person uh, used? Chuck uh, Beckham? During, during Miracle Man, yes. And you know who that is, right? Yes, I do. do does anyone else? I do no. not. They they, they they know enough to not like him when <laughs> I they know who he is. Uh, it's a pseudonym for Mr. Chuck Austin. Oh, oh okay. Yep. Chuck's not Chuck's not all bad. He gets no. he gets such a bad rap. He does. I I liked his strips comic. That was hot stuff. He's 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 almost Leefield esque in in how people just are merciless <laughs> about Chuck Austin. Yeah. Like, you know what, guys? You were all fucking reading it. <laughs> I, I think the thing that damaged his career the most was the digital treatment of War Machine, War Machine. and and his work uh, on on Electra. That stuff just looks not the War good. War Machine was brutal. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, but it, I guess it was successful enough that uh, there was a sequel. So it, it yeah. had to sell some. So whatever. But and but but, but we can't leave by saying that. Uh, that that Chuck was an artist on on Miracle Man. We we can end it on a high note by saying that, of course, the last creative team we know Neil Gaiman didn't get to finish writing his masterpiece, but we all know who was drawing that trilogy. The legendary Mark Buckingham. There you oh. go. Who who can do no wrong? Right. That's right. But there were a couple of announcements that really have me jumping up and down. I know. And and, and this one. The, my my most favorite rivals the Miracle Man announcement that Jim Shooter is being secured by Dark Horse to revamp the Gold Key characters like Turok, yes. Doctor Solar, and Magnet <laughs> Magnus Robot. Fire. Yeah, that yeah, to that me a, is is that after he's done doing his Legion work. No, he's oh, well, come on now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the, that was the last Shooter announcement I heard. <laughs> Chris is Mr. The, Negative tonight, man. Jeez. Oh, so, I am. I am being awful, right now. I'm sorry. I'll turn. I'll turn. I'll turn it around. It's like I'm sorry. I just the, the, all the hype and the announcements of 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 these conventions. It does kind of. I've seen the cycle so many times now. It's kind of humorous. But I'm sorry. I will stop pissing on everybody's parade. Go ahead, Vince. But how cool is it that we not only get the return of the gold key characters, we get a, a almost a revisitation of Valiant. It's like exactly, two, two yeah. tastes that go great together. Yeah. And hopefully, maybe someday we'll see Brothers of the Spear or Dr. Spectre. I love the Gold Key characters. 
I just love you know him. our boy. Awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure our boy Jay Tomio, listener, and uh, he. I think he's one of his big passions is collecting the uh, the old uh, gold key issues and in, in, in like high super high grade. That's one of his big yeah. things. I think there was a time when you could have him for a song. Not now, unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like like Harvey Comics, those were the cast-offs, the gold key books, and the, yep. the nobody. I won't say nobody wanted them, but the, the 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 sales were nothing compared to the back issues of Marvel. Now, have you so, read a lot of the older stuff on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I know you've read the Valiant stuff, but have you read the older stuff? Yeah, I I collect the gold keys too. I won't go super high grade on them because I'm cheap. Mm-hmm. But uh, whenever I find them enough. for cheap reasonable, yeah. yeah. Whenever I find no. them for a reasonable price, I always pick them up. I can't say no to gold key books. Mm-hmm. Dark Horse, Dark Horse printed all the escapist stuff under the gold pr- gold key imprint, right? Mm, I don't know about that. I don't either. Why I don't the cuz the gold key or the the escapist is owned by Michael Shaban, right? Well, yeah, yeah. here. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't but I th- Yeah, here, let me grab it. It's got a is it is it a Yeah, it's a gold key. Um Well, no, that's just the That just might have been the escapist logo. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But but uh, Dark Horse did publish collected editions of Doctor Solar and uh, Magnus on yes. in that archive um, right. program that they have. Which those books are awesome. They're they're really nicely put together books. Well worth the fifty dollars. I, I hate like hell to dump fifty bucks on on a book, but I will say those books are definitely worth it. You can always wait for uh, TFAW's uh, Nick and Denton sale. That's ooh, when I get ooh, them. Preach. I get them. For, I'm saying I spent fifty. I bought like fifteen bucks. <laughs> I spent like exactly. right. You spent three bucks. Uh, yeah. Another uh, another I guess acquisition is uh, I guess the paperwork finally went through and DC now has the rights to the Thunder Agents. Neat. They neat. do. I missed that announcement. I missed that yeah. one too. That one oh, under sweet. the radar. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, that is a pretty yeah. cool announcement. Yeah. So. Nice. You know, Chris Marshall um, of the Collected Comics Library, uh, and and actually a guest host on our show way back in the early days, um, he's done, I think, two episodes on the Thunder Agents that are definitely, I thought, really, because I wasn't that familiar with the stuff, and he was really informative stuff. So if people are curious about Thunder Agents and don't know a lot about it, give those a listen. Go to his site and check it out. It's uh, it really, he's it's one of his favorite series of all time. So Very strange series. Good but strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really weird. I love the Wally. I don't know if I should call him Wally or Wallace, because a lot of people get mad if you say Wally. So, Mister. Yeah, but Wu, on the cover, it said Wally Woods Thunder Agent. So, I mean, how you? How okay, you gonna, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. I, 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 let's, I I'll hedge my bets. Either way. Yeah, Mister Woods uh, Thunder <laughs> Agents is fantastic. Excellent <laughs> yes, stuff. That's right. How about right. Um, Dynamite getting the rights to Fighting American? Uh, yeah, yeah, Simon yeah, and yeah. Kirby's. Yep, that's going to be awesome. Stick him yeah, in with the that one. I was like, eh. I was kind of uh, on that one because to me, that's one that it's all about what they do with it. Because I mean, that really is Miracle Man. Well, the difference being is that I don't know that I have ever had much clamoring to read old Fighting American stuff or have it collected yeah. in a new way. Or that's like everything. It's how, it's how they handle it. That's why I'm kind of mad on the Miracle Man news stories. It's like it, it's not predisposed that it's going to be good. It could be, but you know, it's it's not. Well, I got to give Casada props. Kind of thing. Casada's first image of him was pretty pretty sweet. I got to give him his props. Yeah, that that, 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 that that space out in space yeah. with the hand out. Yeah. Yep. Mad props on that. So the announcement I was most excited about, and I'm, I figured one of you guys would have, would have snarked it before I got a chance to say it, was uh, we're getting more bone. Yeah, well, we got to save some things for you, man. 
Yep. It's true. It's true. But uh, okay. yeah, so yeah, Jeff Smith has got a bunch of new bone yes. stuff coming out, including uh, I think what there's um, under the uh, novel. Yep, Tall Tales, which is uh, coming out next summer. Um, it's uh, stories different different bone characters. You know, like uh, looking at some of the the other guys. There's right. There's a novel as you suggested. Um, there's uh, Quest for the Spark. I think it's called. There's three books that are going to be part of that. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I man, Bone is another one of those series that I always heard about it and thought, ah, I don't know, you know, cute, see little character. What's the big deal? And then like <laughs> like a lot of people, I got that. I couldn't resist that giant all in one volume and uh, took it on a vacation and read it cover to cover. And it, it's it's another one of the, those series that that I, I guess, in my opinion, lives up to the incredible hype. You know, whenever you have a, a series like that that's so legendary and you haven't read it, you kind of wonder if if it's just it's just gonna you know almost guaranteed not to live up to your expectations because it's so universally revered but for me that was that was one of those series it really did and it's it definitely was a little bit slow going in the beginning because you kind of don't really know what to expect but next thing you know you, you read through seven eight hundred pages like it's nothing so, <laughs> yeah. he's, and he's it's not 13th writing 13th printing 13th wow 13th printing mm-hmm. four Smith's and a half million books these new stories right uh he is uh the the bone tall tales he's co-writing it's him and uh tom snigoski and, okay, and Smith yeah. is drawing it, um, and then the I think the books are going to be written by Snagoski, and he's going to draw them. So yeah, you're right. The books he's the three trilogy will be it says overseen by Smith, written by Tom Snagoski, and illustrated by Smith. But then the the Tall Tales is going to be written by him too. So more bone is good thing. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so uh, some GI Joe news. We have uh, Robert Atkins returning. To the title and uh, Max Brooks is writing a GI Joe miniseries. Oh yeah, Max yeah, Brooks yeah. is. Yes, he is. That's cool. I'm still waiting for the damn uh, uh, Zombie Wars graphic novel. For real? Is Preach. that? Is it? Is it out yet? No. no. I don't no, see. Okay. 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 It, here is. Here's your. Here's your. Your warning. Whenever the, because because something is announced doesn't mean that it will happen. He is, uh, IDW Publishing announced that he is writing a G.I. Joe five-issue miniseries. Yeah. Both Chris no, but, Ryle but, 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 but what I'm saying, because it's announced doesn't mean that it will happen. I've been waiting for this for this Zombie Wars graphic novel from him for uh, over a year now. Yeah. Well, sometimes they hit snags. Sure, sure. You know, it it happens. I'm sorry, uh, David. I'm, sorry to sorry to no, no, uh, no, cut no, you off. Okay. No, no. What's the so it's a five issue miniseries? Yeah, sometime next year. So I mean, like like Wood was saying, how how this is just you know this is you know we San Diego's often referred to as a mecca, and even though you may not have something on paper ready to go, ready to show people, um, this is still where people are going to get that first bit of news, even if something doesn't come out for another. Eight to ten months. Mm-hmm. I think there. I think there's a lot of pressure to make announcements in San Diego. That if you don't have something to announce, yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think. I think there have been a lot of things that have that have I mean, you know, jumped the gun. Last year, the Dio announced Milestone and the Red Circle books, and we re- or, or the Red Circle characters appearing in Marvel books, You're and right. we're finally starting to get the Shield. So yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, should they it, announce Spider Woman? Spider Woman four yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> you, to that end, uh, I do think that the one area where a lot of people had just tremendous expectations at, for the San Diego, and while there was some, I think 
it, it was a little bit falling prey. These guys all had to say something, so they did, but the meat wasn't there. What was the digital comic stuff? I mean, this was supposed to be the San Diego where we were going to see massive, hard and fast, you know, information, not just on Rance's long box, but on all the other competitive. And I know they all did have presentations, but yeah. I scoured those, and it seemed that, if anything, most of the stuff that was announced was really incremental. I mean, I know Rance is, you know, he, he had his panel, it was, you know, apparently packed and people trying to get in and all that good stuff. But, I mean, he didn't really, he announced a few um, creators that are jumping onto the platform and, and a few other um, smaller press, I think Arkea and a couple others that are going to be on the platform. But he said there were a number of bigger publishers that he was, I think what he said, 70, 80% done, but they hadn't they hadn't gotten a chance to finalize the contract so he couldn't announce them. So, you know, these things happen. I'm sure he was hoping to have some of the other publishers in line so he could talk about it in San Diego and it just didn't happen. But, uh, but it seems to me like the digital side, there was a lot of interest in digital and a lot of these guys like Comixology and and they all had these panels, but I don't know that there was anything in terms of really important new news from anything we had under, hadn't already seen. So uh, St- Stanley's Dark bringing Horse. back Stripperella. Oh. Yay. Hi. Hi, 11, hi, 11 o'clock comics. I, I'm calling you guys because I called into the Around Comics show over on AC, and uh, according to Christopher Neesman, uh, oh, oh God, that he is audio maestro. Apparently, my voice was too loud for the voicemails, and uh, I wasn't able to be coherent. It didn't come out good, and they didn't play my shit on the show. What the fuck? You know, I can't help if I talk loud. This is just what came to mind, and uh, I just want to say I hope I can find you know, a home with you, with you, Vince, you know, you play all kinds of shit on your show, and, uh, you know, the fucking, the fucking guy talking about monkeys, and just singing about monkeys all the fucking time, and, you know, so what if I fucking talk loud, okay? If I make your ears bleed, Neesman, then I am sorry, but this is the volume at which I am speaking to you, all right? I had I had all kinds of shit written down, sketched it all out, left the fucking voicemail. If it crackled, I would expect you to go beyond the call, track me the fuck down, call me up, and get me to redo it, you know? I just hope I can find, like, an audio home with you, Vince, along with the, you know, fucking the black guy, like the fucking guy up in, up in his vagina. And uh, a fucking British dude, and uh, just um, just tell Neesman, okay? I I ain't some Canadian whiskey drinking motherfucker. No, you know I just talk loud. And uh, please play my voicemail. I love you guys a lot. Bye. Oh, now what's? Have you guys heard about the Stanley thing? I heard that he had to. He had to. Um, they they shut his panel down early. He ended up. No, I think he he. he I don't know if somebody he, dropped a script and he went running for it. Oh, stop, so. dude. oh come on! <laughs> the guy's on his last legs. And you're gonna shut oh, the man. Damn. Oh well, man, God! We were having we, positivity tonight. We wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for Stan. Thanks, Seriously. Dan. Thank you. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I heard that he was. Uh, maybe did you hear the details, David? It's just that there was a I, panel or a I, there was uh, a, a session, and then he got really hot. Right. He. I don't know if he just kind of showed up or 
took over or because it's Stan Lee, it, there's just the attention just ended up on him. And I think he, he just, he ran with it and he kept, I think basically what he was talking about is that there'll be a Stripperella iPhone, iPod touch app that you can, you can download and read the, the Stripperella comic because obviously the cartoon went nowhere and, and it's the only place you're going to be able to, I guess, get more Stripperella because everybody's demanding it. And mm-hmm. it, um, it just kind of, I think it, took the panel in a different direction where they were getting ready. I don't, again, I don't know what they had as far as tech specs, but I don't think they were planning on talking about just Stan Lee's project for the whole thing. Oh, right. I think we're talking about two different things. Cause I think when I'm, I'd heard that at a panel that was focused on Stan Lee, he halfway through left. And so they, um, that I didn't hear about. Okay. <laughs> but they said that it was actually pretty cool because, um, they promised that he would, uh, I guess everybody, it was a signing and I guess that, uh, he couldn't, he got, I don't know all the details about why, but they said he was, it was too hot and crowded and he just wasn't feeling well. So they, they cut it short, but they said that the guy, everyone that was in the room for the pan for the signing, you know, was, was going to get, uh, they were, they t- took all their books and they, he signed them later in the day, but, but, uh, ah, yeah, nice. so, but I guess the, the, the takeaway, that's what I was, I've, no, I've never met him. I mean, I've seen him a few times, but I've, I never actually met him or shaking his hand. And I guess the, the chatter was that he, he's not exactly looking so good. So I hope that yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's been looking frail or he's 93. All right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting up there, man. He's been around for a long time. So yeah, That's pretty damn sharp for 93. He doesn't want to show yeah. up and have get ass kicked by Jack. Oh. Um, you know, Jason, there was one digital announcement that kind of slipped under the wire. Mm-hmm. Dark, dark horse is porting their star Wars line to the iPhone. Nice, which is very smart. It's it's interesting. Uh, All this, uh, I don't have an iPhone, but I know David, you're all about this stuff. How is it reading comics on the iPhone? I mean, it's pretty cool because because yeah, because you can no because you can zoom in. You 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 can. I mean, you can look at a full page, so you can see what the page looks like, and uh, and most of the apps you can go into landscape view, so you can see a wider Mm -hmm. version of it. So you have the option to see. The page in its entirety, and then you can zoom in on individual panels, word balloons. I mean, you can really zoom in and distort the art, or you could just, you know, make it so that you could see a panel on the screen, and mm-hmm. it's it, it does work. I mean, it's I it, yeah, it is. All right. I've I've never said it's a replacement. I still want a physical copy, but if if I can read my comics on the go mm-hmm. on a device, then then that, that, that's all I want. Yeah, and uh, before we move on, there was another announcement. That means a lot to me, but you guys are probably not going to really care. Fanographics, and this was almost completely ignored, announced that they're going to be reprinting the complete Ernie Bushmiller Nancy and Walt Kelly's wow. photo. Oh, shit. That's wow. cool. That's cool. Those two comics are, well, strips, are legendary, and everyone needs to read them for yeah. uh, obvious reasons. There you but go. Before we forget, uh, we should really thank Mr. Pat Loika for allowing us to live oh, vicariously totally. through him mm-hmm. by posting tons of gorgeous photographs yep. on <laughs> our forum. And you can f- see these beautiful photos at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or mm-hmm. www.11oclockcomics.com. So Pat nice. was there every day like clockwork posting his photos for the day other people posted their hauls and uh other assorted photos we had a really good running commentary on the on the uh yeah, convention definitely. not 
only did Pat go above and beyond, but this lunkhead sitting next to me did a lot that. of good work on this too. Man David was King was scout. Uh, don't say that. Was scouring <laughs> the internet, and every time an announcement came up, David was on it. I beat him once. On it like a with, with, with the goal key, the yeah, shooter announcement. But uh, he was on it. I, as soon as I saw it, I was trying to put it up, and I, it was already there. David was good. You did oh, good. Show. Yeah, well, hey, right. uh, I was going to say, you know, San Diego is like Christmas for Pat. I mean, that's his. That's his hometown, and oh, he yeah. is like. I mean, he is. He is one of comics' great ambassadors to begin with. He knows everybody, man. It's amazing. And that is that is his town, and that is Pat's show. I don't know who runs Comic Con, but they just need to understand that is Pat's show. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Pat, Pat should really, if people were smart, Pat would have a posse. People he doesn't even know, they should just follow Pat him does around have a because. Posse. Well, I mean, I've, uh, the general listenership follow Pat Loika around because he will eventually run into someone. Who does who do make comics? It's just inevitable. The guy knows everybody. So if you want to meet That's some awesome. creators, follow Pat around. Sorry, Pat. Probably just doomed it for you. And the other thing about Pat is, you know, we we joke with each other about how we try and stay positive, but we always get <laughs> pitching a little bit. Pat is just he is pers- he is the personification of positivity when it comes to yeah. the comics world. Yep. I mean, he just he is you know he's like uh, you know he, it's just. He's two hundred percent on on all the good good things of comics, and he just doesn't let any of the the negativity that that you know affects us all at some point or another affect him. It's uh, it's. Yeah. I, I wish sometimes I had his outlook on the world. It's great. So, so but he's saying don't ever, don't ever piss him off though. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> he'll fuck, he'll I mean, fuck you up. If they <laughs> announced that dude. Greg, if they announced that Greg Land was going to draw the next issue of X Men and Feces, Pat would say, "Well, it could be good." Yeah, you know he's always optimistic. <laughs> what are we? What are we going to compare it to? You got nothing to compare it to. It's going to be right, good. Right. <laughs> hey, what did you guys? Uh, I mean, we don't spend a lot of time on it, but but any any thoughts on the Eisners? Um, good, bad, and different. Pretty solid, right? Mm-hmm. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. based on the nominees, who, who, um, but you know that we'd already known about, I thought yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job picking them. Who um who won for best graphic novel? Uh, well, they have a couple, right? They have uh, best graphic album was um, uh, the new one was uh, that I haven't read it, but I, I want to uh, swallow me whole by Nate Powell. Mm-hmm. Oh, which I'm reminds me, when City Comic Con would like to announce that we have Eisner <laughs> Award winning Nate Powell will uh, will, be at, <laughs> <laughs> will be at the Windy City Comic Con this Hilarious. year. Hilarious! Nice. That was smooth. That really, was, smooth. that was like Xlax. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, Nate. Uh, Nate's from uh, from Indiana. And, well, let's keep uh, it going. Maybe you got so Chris, uh, well, Woods, since you didn't read it, you can pick it up directly from the author. That's true. Uh, well, let's see. Chris is uh, is Mignola coming? Because uh, the best graphic album reprint was the Hellboy <laughs> Library edition. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to to Nate. Because I've heard that Nate's a great guy, but I, I would trade Nate for Mignola in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know Nate from Adam, but I would too. <laughs> but, uh, and, no, uh, I, also, I, props I, to. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say I'm, I'm excited that Nate's going to be there. Yeah, that, that's great. That is good. You set me up, though. I wasn't seeing that coming. But uh, I'd say the only thing that head scratcher, which I, it's an amazing series, but best continuing series, All Star Superman. You yeah. know, I I think it's fair to recognize it because it was an amazing. Series, but yeah, let's like, what did that win? Three years in a row. It uh, seems like it has. Over to like three issues. Were, I mean, if I think 
three issues might be overstating it. How many issues were published in 2008? I think three, yeah. The last three, I think, yeah. So. Hey, we lost Chris. We did. Did yes. we? Yeah, he's gone. Let me get him. You guys keep talking. All right. Um, I'm trying to think what else it was from that. Uh, it was cool to see oh, Willingham. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, comic book tattoo. Yeah, totally. Yep. I'm Best I'm anthology. absolutely in love with anthologies these days, and it was great to see that uh, win. Good for you. Images <laughs> kicking ass with anthologies. They have a, an amazing track record. Twenty four seven. New York City Mech. Uh, the uh, Popgun anthologies. That they yep. can, they can do no wrong. Yeah, they because really they they secure high caliber talent with mm-hmm. up and comers that are really solid, and the blend is just intoxicating. Really amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Our boy Willingham won for best writer. Good to see. Finally, that's a good thing. Um, Who is writing something for IDW? Yes. Oh, is he? Yes. At, at, yes. yes, he yeah, it was, it was announced, announced at. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my boy James Jean going out with a bang. His sixth consecutive Eisner for best cover artist. Yeah. Um, now, if someone else will win this year, I, I presume because because he's he's left the business. Hello. Hi, Chris is. Sorry back. about that. It's okay. Sorry, man. You got bounced. Yeah. We were just giving props to some of the other winners while you were gone. But uh, um, Hellboy had a huge taking. I mean, best reprint. Go, go Dave Stewart. Woohoo. Yep, Dave Stewart won again. Best uh, best limited series, which I have not read. Uh, Hellboy, the Crooked Man by Mignola with Richard Corbin art. Oh, so good. Uh, so good. I will make a prediction for next year's Eisner's. Mm-hmm. The names Mazzucchelli and Asterios Polyp are going to be all over that friggin' list. It's funny you say that because um, I think we talked about, I think three graphic albums came out in the same week that likely will be on that Eisner nominee list next year. Yeah, right? you're right. The Parker yeah. novel by Parker, Darren Cook, right. uh, uh, The Nobody, and, and Asterios Polyp. By Jeff Lemire, yep. yep. You know, it's going to be a pretty fierce battle because uh, obviously I haven't read my Nobody and uh, Parker graphic novels because they're in transit from DCBS. I should get them tomorrow, hopefully. Is, but, is, par- is, is the Parker book out? Yes. I haven't yes. even seen it. I'm, the, God does you know not want me to have, it does not want me to have this book. There was a problem with the distribution. Half of the country didn't get it. So, I, but Although I think they, they, everyone was supposed to have gotten it this Wednesday if you didn't get it when it came out two weeks ago. Right. So. Yeah, because I haven't been looking forward to that for about a year. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. And, and it's, the popularity of this thing is spreading to mm-hmm. non-comics readers because I work with a guy who his uh, comic book experience is pretty much limited to Hellblazer, loves Hellblazer, mm-hmm. and bought the Cook Parker graphic novel through Amazon, and he's almost finished with it, and he says... He told me today, actually, it's unbelievable how good it is. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dying to read it. It's just nuts. So we have three heavy hitters going into the Eisners, and the year isn't even done yet. That's so true. Yeah, you know, you're, you know, speaking of, of Hellblazer and um, uh, different graphic novels, uh, yep. we're getting yep. ready to see the, the new Vertigo Crime yep. Um, yep. series, and there's going to mm-hmm. be a, new, a brand new Hellblazer OGN, which is not going to be under the standard Hellblazer trade dress, which is, is something that Vertigo has been very, very good about keeping all the Hellblazer stuff under that consistent um, uh, trade dress, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff coming out from that line, the oh, yeah. uh, Christopher 
Christos. Yeah, the Christos Gage, uh, Chris Somni um, project, and uh, uh, Azarillo has a project mm -hmm. coming out through that. So there's going to be some other stuff there. And uh, um, it's not an OGM, but I think a, I think an early front runner for some of the Eisner stuff is going to be the uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, the, the collection of that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah, I'm uh, almost afraid to read the uh, Constantine Noir book because speaking of the the dude looks I just awesome. uh, yeah uh, speaking of the dude I just told you about I sold him a run of a 200 issue run of Hellblazer because he was so into it uh -huh. that I said you know what these are just sitting in a box I'll give them to you for a buck a piece that's great yeah so I I was a very avid fan of Hellblazer <laughs> but there was a period where I was like I got a little bit cold on it and sure. uh moved my issues and now i i'm really afraid that this is this graphic novel is going to spark my john constantine <laughs> love again and i'm gonna have to go back longest and buy running again. vertigo series ever yep so oh uh, it's, it's, it's one of, it's one of the longest running series period i mean that's like it's been running for 20 years yeah. mm -hmm. chris um your your boys it must be they must feel great uh art and franco won an eisner for best yeah 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 way to go for those guys way to go Mm -hmm. um, now, I wanted to ask you guys, that actually the reason I brought it up is I think the most controversial, and really there weren't that many, I think, controversial winners this year, but the, the one that seems a bit controversial in some people's eyes is, uh, uh, is, is Best New Series of Invincible Iron Man with Fraction and LaRocca. And um, I have to say, from my perspective, um, it probably wouldn't have been my choice for Best New Series, but I actually don't have a problem with it winning Best New Series. It seems that – I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of crapping on the decision because it's a quote-unquote – mainstream book about Iron Man, but I get the good sense book. that a lot of them that are crapping on it haven't read it, because I actually think it's a pretty good book, and uh, and i I got to tip my hat. Now, I'm not a huge fan, as I've talked about, of the LaRocca artwork. Mm -hmm. I think it's 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 basically photoshopping, but that being said, I, I, I do have enjoyed the series quite a bit, So, but I was curious to get your guys' thoughts about a... I don't, Vince, I know you're not. I know you're not reading it, but David, you are. What, I mean, what do you think of that? I, I read the first arc. I didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get it in trade, so I haven't. Uh, I haven't read the second arc yet. I thought. I thought the first arc was was very good. I don't know if yeah. I would say you know Eisner worthy. It was no. It was no better or worse than Extremis, the 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 Ellis series. Right. I think it actually leaned on that a lot. Which I mean, I don't think that Fraction has ever hidden his. Um, uh, friendship and and inspiration that that he gets from from Warren Ellis, um, so I don't think it was any better or any worse than that. You know, would I have said a hey, best new series? No, no, it's it's good. I like it's one of the few Marvel books that I that I that I read consistently mm -hmm. anymore. So um, I don't even know what you know. It's it's an award show. It's all subjective, and it's just it's just kind of weird things happen, and um, it's. You know, it's not like it was terrible. So, yeah, no, that's that's fine. That's fine. I, w I wouldn't automatically discount a mainstream book from winning that particular category because oh, any should. anything's possible. But uh, yeah, I haven't read it. Um, no desire to. But from what yeah, I've seen from Mister Fraction, I don't see how it couldn't it could be anything but wonderful. So, guy's got chops. He's great. Well, anyway, congratulations to everybody that. Uh that won it. Uh, I, I, like oh, I said, I thought, I thought most of the winners this year were pretty, pretty deserving across the board. So. Right. And while you brought up Extremis, which ties into something that I read for this week, um, there was an incident in Hulk 600. Anyone read that? Not yet. Or, no? Uh, yeah, just a little bit of it so far. 
No plans to. Oh, it's it's the 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 Lobe McGinnis story is so much fun. There's uh, a flash, uh, not a flashback, but some of the incidents in World War Hulk factor into this storyline involving the Red Hulk, and it has to do with the satellite that they use to bring down uh. Banner in World War Hulk. And there's a, a little spin on things. I won't say what it is, but this satellite, if I remember correctly, was Tony Stark's baby, right? Yes. Now, mm. Stark still has the uh, extremis ability? No. no. Oh, he doesn't? No, he no, lost that when he got infected with the, secret, the virus from the Skrulls. Yeah, was I think that it's what Pe- Pepper Pepper does now, right? Was that before or after World War Hulk? After Secret Invasion, it happened. Oh, so he did have the ability during World War Hulk. Yeah. See, that's one thing that I kind of find a little bit. Uh, maybe Mister Loeb forgot about it, but mm. someone manipulated the satellite during that instance where they brought the Hulk down, which may or may not lead to the creation of the Red Hulk. And I'm thinking if if somebody tampered with hardware, wouldn't Stark know about it? Uh, yeah, I would probably sure before yeah with before he lost the extremis. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, after you guys read it, you tell me because uh, I'm like I said, I'm not big. Uh, I'm not up on all that. Loeb didn't pay attention to what another writer was was doing. No way, <laughs> dude. That's not Loeb. Come on. Well, anyway, in a nutshell, about fellow creators. The, the the main story in Hulk 600 features Ben Urich, and he gets wow. a he gets a tip off uh, from a informant. Let's just say that uh, they could lead him to something shady going on involving the Red Hulk and other people in the Marvel universe. So he takes Peter Parker on a little trip. Uh, fact-finding trip, and it leads him smack dab into uh, trouble, let's just say. I don't know about you guys, but I can look at Ed McGuinness's art all day long. Oh, yeah, he's great. He is. I think he's the perfect choice for a, a book like this. His, Absolutely. His, his art is larger than life, and it, that fits Hulk to a T. Um, other than that, uh, Hulk 600 was 4.99. There is an absolutely fantastic Savage She-Hulk uh, nice. tale in here by Fred Van Lente, who wrote it. Michael Ryan, I love his stuff, and Salva Espin drew it. And uh, I pretty much discounted Savage She-Hulk as being just another cash-in spin-off character. I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. she's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I'm I'm digging it. I may just go out and pick up the uh, the trade of the limited series when it's collected. There you go. Yeah, and you get a story by somebody called Stan Lee, and a <laughs> this is and this is the part that kind of torqued me a little bit. You get the complete first issue of Loeb and Sales Hulk Gray. Yeah. yeah. Didn't want to buy that again, but whatever. It was only yeah. four ninety nine. Uh, yeah, the, the first first issue. It's basically an ad. A little bit of crack, yeah, for the for the trade, and you get a really cool multi-page uh, look at every Hulk cover to date. Nice, all lined up next to each other. Really neat. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, they I, did that. They did that for Thor, right? Yes, the, yes. Yeah, the six six hundred covers. Yeah, and I cool. I love a bomb. That if anything comes out of Loeb's run, a bomb is a great character. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but uh, 
Not so much a revelation as it is. I was going to say, I heard uh, in keeping with the <laughs> with the issue six hundred non reveal reveals. Uh, just like Cap, he didn't really come back in six hundred. I <laughs> I understand uh, that. Uh, we were led to believe we'd find out who the Red Hulk is, but we do not, in fact, find out. No, no. Um, there's neat stuff that happens to Banner, which will play out very heavily in future issues. There are a number of people involved in a covert operation that uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of that little plot thread. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool, but there's nothing definitive in it uh, as far as the Red Hulk now. Mm-hmm. A couple clues, but that's about it. Two tree clues, that's cool. Yeah. Neat stuff. All right. And, and, and fun. It's uh, candy, and I can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. You love it. You eat it up. I do. I'm buying it in single issues now. That's how much Thank I you. love the Hulk stuff. Yeah. Hey, guys. Matt Hammock, a.k.a. Blazefire33. And since, sadly, Mysterious the Unfathomable has come to an end, I guess I had to find something else to promote on the on the voicemails, and I found something. It's The Unwritten. And if you haven't picked up the first or second issue, what are you waiting for? This stuff is great. I love the writing. I love the art. Of course, there is uh, other things pertaining to a certain Merc with a mouth, but I won't discuss that on here because I have my own podcast I can talk about that on called Of Mercs and Mutants, but they don't want to hear about that. So... Yeah, pick up the unwritten, and that's all. Peace. You guys like westerns? Sure. Of course. Do you, do you have a spare $10 laying around? For a good western, of course. I could. You should so pick up the Batlash showcase. Yeah. Really? Yep. Ten, ten bucks. 240 pages. It's kind of like uh, it's it's about half the size of a normal showcase, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is actually a, a, a perfect size. I actually mm-hmm. like the size of it, uh, um, and it is it is awesome. And why have you guys never told me why uh, why Nick Cardi is awesome? <laughs> he well, there's so many unsung heroes out there, but yeah, Nick Cardi's one of them. Nick Cardi. Is 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 the fucking bomb, man? As I'm going, oh. I think the last Go thing ahead, we've David. we've seen from him <laughs> was the cover of the uh, Teen Titans special, the Mike Allred oh, illustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Nick Cardi did the cover to that. Uh, I was just going to tell Chris that you know there's only so many times per episode we could say someone's name and you go who? Hey, hey, I'm learning here. I'm learning here. Happy. You know, the you you old timers have to have to you know kind of kind of bring me along. But uh, do you, do you no, know that? Um, go ahead. No, I was, was going so, so, some of the other folks that are involved in this, and I don't know if you read Jonah Hex, you probably know who Batwash is. He's a he's a character, kind of a reoccurring character in the Jonah Hex universe, but he's a um, a, a very uh, well mannered um, kind of. Rogue, how do you just how would you just describe Batlash? He's he's, he's just kind of a, a he's ladies just, man. I don't, I don't yeah, I don't. he's kind of a wandering ladies man in the in the old west, and he's uh, 
can just about outdraw anyone. And uh, it, it's so funny to read these. And he's always like all the time talking about how he hate how he hates violence with kind of the smirk on his face as he's beating the crap out of people and shooting bad guys left and right. But uh, but it, so it's really funny. Uh, but some of the names involved in, in this Batlash showcase, and this goes back to like 1968, um, Sergio Argonas, yep. uh, Nick Carty, uh, Denny O'Neill, it's it, some great, Len Wein, um, some really great names that, uh, that worked on Batlash. And uh, if, you, uh, if you like the Jonah Hex showcase or if you like Jonah Hex now, I would totally pick up the Batlash showcase because it's, it is it's a lot of fun especially if you're a western fan yeah batlash would like to present himself as the solomon kane of the western genre but outward appearances are not uh <laughs> congruent with the way he kind of uh acts when he's in the thick of things let's just say that yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's it's kind of you know kind of done with a, a wink and a smile but uh right yeah yeah and, it's a uh, very fun there was recently a five-issue miniseries from DC, illustrated by the great John Severin, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. with covers by Walt Simonson. Wasn't for, that written for by uh, Aragonis? I believe so. It was supposed to be an ongoing, by the way. But was it really? Yeah, they turned it into a. <clears throat> they cut it short after the first arc. Wow! Um, but uh, a little bit of trivia on that: it's uh, Batlash uh, is Carmine Infantino's favorite character of all time. Really? And Nick Cardi is Infantino's, in his opinion, the best artist ever. Um, wow. When I, I, I would talk to Infantino at New York Comic Con two years ago and, uh, and got him talking about stuff in his career and whatnot, and he, he, he threw that out there um, at the time. And, and I wasn't that familiar with, with either the character or – I mean, I knew who Nick Cardi was, but I you know, wasn't that familiar with his work. But he was also – so I, he was actually also there, and I went over and, and picked up uh, Nick Cardi's uh, art book that he was selling, and it uh, – Dude had mad chops, man. Should give him his props. Wow, I have a little bit of trivia for you. Mm-hmm. I, I when uh, I read a book this week called Blondie: The Bumstead Family History because I love classic. We're all comic about the strips. comic strips, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was stuff. written by Dean Young, who is Chick Young's son, right? And uh, Milena Rizik. But you know the character of Alexander, who originally was named Baby Dumpling, the Bumstead's first child. Right. Do you know why they named him Alexander? No. Because Alex Raymond was a, an early assistant to Chick Young. Oh. And, and was Jim Raymond's brother. And Jim Raymond was uh, Chick, um, Chick Young's longtime collaborator. So he named Alexander after Alex Raymond. Huh. That's Very cool. cool. Yeah. Very cool. But um, if you have a, a borders in your area... This book was it was originally published at uh, $29.99. It's a hardcover, a nice size, too. It's like a 10 by 12 hardcover, $3.99. Look for it in the, in the uh, sales section of your local borders. It's great stuff. It mostly focuses on uh, Dean Young's work on the strips. There's not too much chick work in it, so it's everything from maybe 1990 up. But, uh, yeah, it's well worth the money. $3.99, you can't beat it. No. You know, so yeah, a little no, bit of yeah. trivia. You just got me thinking, Vince. What what's everybody's favorite strips of all time? I mean, wh- I mean, I mean strips that oh, you, you read 
you wow. read in, in the newspaper. I, I don't mean Boone County. Oh, Calvin County? and Hobbes. Yeah, okay. Calvin and Hobbes, Hobbes okay. hands down. Mm. Greatest, greatest strip ever. Wow, that's really tough. The my favorite strip ever. Yikes! Um, no, yeah, there are there are a lot. I mean, if yeah. as far as I mean, from what I was reading growing up, and then you know until Burke Breitha decided to stop doing it, and then turned it into Opus and Outland and everything. But the there's there's my top modern three are, are Calvin and Hobbes, Bloom County, and The Far Side. And uh, but I mean, going back, I mean, there's there's I mean, I've I've love the uh, the comic strip. I, I've been to the Museum of Cartoon Art down in Florida. I just love walking around and, and seeing all the old the, just man, the Dick Brown and 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 like Vince's with Blondie. And there's just been I mean, I'll read anything in the uh, in almost anything in the mm-hmm. comic section of the newspaper when there is one. Okay. I'll give it a shot. Can I pick three? Of course. <laughs> Crazy Cat. Okay. Little Nemo by Windsor McKay. <laughs> okay. And Alley Oop. Wow. Yeah. All right. But that's, I mean, that's right now. I, there's so many great Popeye mm-hmm. is fantastic, and you can get oh. the reprint collections from Fantagraphics. Uh, uh, Hal Foster's Prince Valiant. Yikes! There's so many really good comics. It's like picking yeah. your favorite comic book right now. How do you do it? Yeah. If you, if you ever if you ever talk to Andy Parks at a uh, at a comic book convention, if you want to get Andy going, start talking strips because he. He has a really nice collection of original strip art, but he'll go on and on about some of the great comic strip artists. Nice. I will yeah. do that. Yep. Good to All know. Right. Mental note. Move the train along. What we got? Um, well, I only read one new thing this week, and I can't really talk about it yet, but I will just do what Chris did last week because we'll just keep doing it until you all have read it and we can talk about it in detail. Uh, I, I did read The Nobody because I couldn't wait any longer, and uh, I will save all the spoiler discussion, but uh, I will just say that uh, it it was fantastic. So, uh, Mr. Lemire, our buddy, is four for four in my book, and uh, it looks beautiful. It's got this, this wonderful blue overtone to it. Uh, you know, it's 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 black, white, and blue. It's really mm-hmm. neat. But uh, the thing I'll say about it, without getting into the details of the book, is and and this is consistent throughout all of his work so far. He has a way of evoking a pure sense of sadness. Like I read the char- I feel real sadness for the characters, and I don't. That is not something I find often in in comic book reading for me. Um, so I, I don't know what it is about his work specifically. Uh, but for some reason, he conveys the emotion of sadness in a way that not many writers have been able to do. So, yeah. Essex uh, County's dripping with melancholy. That's what I mean. But that yeah. I yeah. wasn't sure if I would because this is obviously you know the book is a little more you know it's a different different kind of approach. But yet again, he finds that same sense of uh, loneliness. It's 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 a combination of loneliness and sort of the the desperation of of a person who is kind of out of options. And uh, it's it's just definitely a strength of his writing. So. Uh, yeah. Well, don't we, as human beings, can't? Isn't sadness something we all can understand a lot quicker than happiness? Like, if a character is elated, it's it's almost very specific to the character. But sadness, it seems to be a universal thing. Uh, 
I, I mean, you know, you, you kick a dog, the dog remembers the kick. It doesn't remember when you pet it. So it's always that, that negative things in our life that, that impact us the most. <laughs> I, I think, anyway. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, birth, of your, wrong, birth of your children, everybody can understand that. But there's certain instances where uh, a real upbeat, joy, joyous kind of story won't resonate with as many people as, as sadness well, does. It, it, there, there's the saying that, that I've heard repeatedly you know, since I've started talking to, to different creators and that kind of stuff is uh, uh, happy characters are boring characters. Yeah. It's yeah. The, you, need, you need stress and tension in, in characters and it's, that's, that's, that's drama. That's the, the Spider-Man, drama. Daredevil, Batman. Yeah, it's it's drama, and and Lemire has this really amazing capacity to to capture the the mundane moments of life, and there is there's this this layer of melancholy underneath it that that he is really really adept at mining that that kind of that kind of gray layer and placing stories in it, and and yeah, there's a, there's a mood to his stories that that you don't find in other stuff and he has an extreme talent for it not unlike david lynch yeah very similar yep. very similar is that there there yeah yeah there there's something it's it's left of center but it's a there's a a mundaneness that we're all familiar with but there mm-hmm. are stories in there that that and it's because it's because it's in that that vein, and it's that that area of life that we all know that makes it very easy to resonate with us, even mm-hmm. though it's you know in Canada or you know wherever. That's uh, it, it's not a location specific kind of feeling. Yep. I can't wait to read it. That's good yes, stuff. Sir, I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally screwed when I get my box because I do not know what I'm gonna read first. It's gonna be a <laughs> major major battle. It's a good battle though. Oh, uh, it's a great yeah. it's a great yeah. thing when you don't know what to start with next. Yeah, it's great. So what y'all read this week? I I have a bunch of surprises, to me anyway, that I, I stumbled upon in in the local shop and I think David may have had a hand in it because he was talking about these a, a while back. I bought the uh Marvel seventieth anniversary special uh all select comics. Nice. And Which one is that? That's the one with uh Guggenheim. And Polito, it's featuring Marvex and the Blonde Phantom. Oh, I had that one in my hand today, but I didn't get it. Interesting. You know, I, I first passed through this issue, I called up the dude at the local shop, and I said, grab all these 70th anniversary issues. I want them all. Nice. <laughs> you know, you, could, you probably could have waited until they collected all those. Oh, I don't They're want to wait. No, this is They're so good. good. Yeah. The first story, The Blonde Phantom, is written by Guggenheim and drawn by Javier Polito. Sweet. Oh, it's so good. It's a it's a really a text adventure with pictures. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not the thing that that grabbed me by the throat and hooked me. It's the Marvex story by Kupperman. It's piss your pants funny. <laughs> and and any kind of description I can give this story will pale in comparison to the actual comic because it's so surreal and offbeat. I could tell you what happens, but you're not going to think it's funny until you see the way Kupperman presents it. It's unbelievable. Um, just the way he writes, 
Marvex the super robot, created in the fifth dimension, is one of the most incredible beings in the universe. His metal body resists all death-dealing instruments, and he uses his super delicate mechanical brain to try to figure out what he's going to do next. That's, that's nuts! It's, it's just so, it's so down, downbeat and, and dopey, but it's funny. He, he sees an open manhole and decides, hmm, that could lead me to adventure, and goes down a manhole, and, and the sewer worker says, you know, get out of here, you're not supposed to be here. And he, so he just leaves. Like I said, not funny unless you read it. <laughs> he, he, he gets hit on by a woman, a redhead in, a, in an evening gown on the street, who he doesn't return uh, her affections because, after all, I am not human. I am Marvex, the super robot. And that's something that's played through the story, through the whole thing. He keeps repeatedly telling people he's not human. He's Marvex, the super robot. Uh, a sandwich gets hit by uh, lightning and turns into Ingrediento. It's nuts. Okay. And no, he, he's basically a, c a collection. He's uh, a sandwich made by this uh, construction worker's wife. Uh, this sandwich my wife made sure is a crazy mixture of elements. Now to add some Polynesian isotope sauce. And the sandwich gets hit by lightning and turns to a ingrediento, the uh, vegetable man. It, it's nuts. So M Marvex beats him and sends him to France. Oh, it's, so it's so stupid. And, and, and everyone gives him $20. He saves the mayor. The mayor gives him $20. Thank you. Uh, Marvex, but the neat thing about it is the Golden Age stories are heavily connected to the modern stories. Like they, they'll pick a, a Golden Age story with Marvex that has uh, an incident where someone gives him twenty dollars, and so it's played out in the modern story. Really oh. nice, nicely done. But the the one that really blew my doors off, and uh, it's just because of the art, was Marvel Mystery Comics, the one with Submariner oh, and the, I got the torch. On yep. the front, the the opening story is written by Tom DeFalco, but it's drawn by Chris Burnham. Beautifully drawn. It is a Each of it. A, a kaleidoscope of unbelievable images. I, I was going through it thinking, I have never seen Chris Burnham draw like this. Maybe you know, I've just uh, you know you know the page where uh, you know the page where uh, Submariner breaks uh, Human Torch out of his containment. Um, the, whatever the big the big tube glass thing, and yeah. then it's the then it's the uh, the page where uh, Namor and Toro are flying right by each other. Mm -hmm. Yes, I own that page. You suck. <laughs> but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This isn't Chris Burnham's normal style, is it? Uh, yeah. It. I don't know. It's it, Burnham. <laughs> Chris is. Is. I don't want to say he's like a um, a utility knife. But he, I mean, he, he's an artist that has multiple styles that he can bounce around with. It's like if you've read Nixon's Pals, Nixon's Pals looks very different than this. Right, that's uh, what I was saying. I have Nixon's Pals. And he, trying to put the two names together, I have a very image-oriented mind. I'll remember the cover of comics before I remember the issue number. Mm -hmm. And and so the 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 resonance from Nixon's pals of the images contained within does not remind me of this Submariner Human Torch story, and that's why I was thrown like Chris Burnham. What what the yeah, hell? Yeah, well, yeah, but you know the thing is, he did he did Nixon's pals like 
two years ago, and he's been, I mean, really growing as an artist. I mean, Chris, Chris is a guy that you know, obviously is is ready for ready for prime time. Oh, big and time! I mean, Chris should be working on. You know, let's see. Here's this, I don't know if I don't know if he could do a monthly book. He couldn't. I don't think he could do one that was that, that's as detailed as as what he did in the Marvel Mystery Comics. We actually talked about this on an episode of a uh, of AC. And and he was sitting in with us, and I mean there you know a lot of those pages those were like day and a half two day pages, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if he could knock out that kind of book on a monthly schedule. I think he could do something like that nine issues a year, but man, I'd, I I would love to see Chris do some some regular, especially like Golden Age Marvel stuff. Well, that would, would be, be nine awesome. issues. That would be very much worth waiting for. The the yeah. panel, the pages where um, the angel breaks into the the, the uh, butcher oh. shop. Oh my God! It, it's it's almost like he's Chris Burnham channeling Jeff Darrow. Like you see all the meat oh, yeah. coming out of the grinder, the <laughs> the the cities, just the interiors, the cityscape where you know they're flying over it, and the bookcases and the. Just the page where the the giant Nazi robot with the swastikas, surprisingly yep. enough, in the eyes, is ripping the the roof off the building. I want that page. Chris says that he uh, he curses the day that he read his first Jeff Darrow comic because it influ- it influenced him so much, and he he hates that because he loves doing this hyper detailed stuff, and he knows it fucking just takes forever, but uh, but he loves it, but. Uh, um, uh, uh, I I can plug his art dealer if that's okay. You do it. Uh, do it. Caden Caden's Comic Art. It's yeah. uh, C A D E N. Is that what, what, whatever? Caden's Comic Art. Uh, dot com. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Remember to have also mentioned that they uh they represent Scott, some other people that we uh we know and love. Um, Scotty Young, Tim Seeley, Mike Norton, uh, Brent Schoonover, Brent uh, Ryan Stegman, Jenny Frizen, um, I'm gonna uh, Greg Titus. It's a bunch of and uh, just Michael added. Uh huh. Might get uh, David Lloyd. Oh, you know who else? Nice. Uh, David, David's buddy Sean Murphy. Oh, oh my God. Well, I'm gonna go on record uh, and, and say that this story by Burnham. And let's be fair to the rest of the creators. Uh, Nathan Fairbairn did the color art. No, um, no, he didn't. Yeah, that's what it says there. I don't think that Nathan did the coloring on that. Did he? A, on the the looking right at the credits page. Yeah, the credits page. Is it? Chris yeah, Burnham did the, writer, did the art. Burnham artist. And Nathan Fairbairn the color. I don't know, but I, no, I will no, say. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. He's got a new colorist on some other stuff that he's working on. Because he was giving Nathan shit whenever we were talking about it. Wow. Um, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I will go on record saying that this single story is the most exciting, visually stunning thing I've seen out of Marvel all year. What's up, 11 o'clockers? It's Nathan. Uh, he's all on the forum. I just want to say I picked up uh, Queen and Country, Fables Volume 1, and... Walking Dead Volume 1 this week. Uh, it was Queen of Country Definitive Edition Volume 1. And I gotta say, Chris, thank you. It is awesome. Fables is phenomenal. I loved it. I can't wait to get to the second volume. And uh, Walking Dead I thought was very good. 
So I'm going to have to start buying volumes on that. Also, uh, I went and saw Transformers Revenge of the Fallen this weekend. And I thought it was a badass movie. A lot of uh, robot-ass kickery going on. And it was just good, fun, a lot of uh, adult humor, which I got a kick out of. I thought it was hilarious. And uh, I don't know what everybody's problem is with that movie. A lot of people uh, don't like it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it better than the first one. So, yeah, anyways, uh, Chris, David, Vince, and uh, Wood, keep up the good work. And uh, I'll probably call back again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Wow. Yes. I love it to death. Every line is just a happy... Seeking little beautiful thing. I, I, this, it's just gorgeous. I want every page of this. And if you don't leave your door locked, maybe I'll just come in and take the two that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition I'll, to I'll that, you get. Do you do that? You get uh, some really cool Golden Age reprints by Carl Burgos. Uh, these don't let the three ninety nine cover price sway you on these seventieth anniversary books. They're worth every penny. I'm grabbing them all. The only ones I haven't gotten so far are the Marcos Martin Captain America because he was sold out, and the All Winners one. He sold out of that too. Um, the uh, how'd you write the Miss America? I didn't read them all yet. I have them, but the only two I read were the All Select and the Marvel Mystery Comics. But I did look through all of them, and they're all yeah. stunning. Just Mitch uh, Breitweiser did one. Great uh, stuff. Andy, Andy, Andy McDonald on the Miss America, written by uh, Jen Van Meter. Right. And, yep. and the cover by Dale Eaglesham is stunning. Mm, that's awesome. Orgasm for the eyes. That's what all these books are. And I was really surprised because I discounted them. Oh, Marvel's cashing in on their 70th anniversary. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. I took one look at it. I had to have them all. That's how I am. I'm a completist. I bought the, one because they're all good. Yeah, the dis- is it uh, The Destroyer? Is that? Yep. <laughs> Pretty cool story, and I fucking love that costume, man. Yeah, it's, he's you know, badass. Screw, screw Miracle Man. Bring back The Destroyer. And one of the books that's uh, coming out w- featuring the Destroyer is written by David Lapham from uh, Stray Bullets. Awesome. You cannot go wrong with these books. Yeah, they're so, doing a great job. I love them. I, I the, think the, the, more the, Golden the, Age stuff should be reprinted. Well, and the, the, original, the original material in the back is awesome as well. If you, I mean, to really read some Golden Age stories. And um, uh, James Robinson was talking about... the. What a shame it is that Marvel hasn't embraced their Golden Age characters. And, you know, if you've read anything or know anything about James Robinson, you know that he has an affinity for Golden Age characters and legacy characters. All you have to do is, God, read the Golden Age, and, 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 you'll, and you'll figure that right out. But um, uh, he said it is an absolute shame that Marvel doesn't have uh, the Human Torch, their very first character in in the stable of active characters now, so I'm hoping now. that yeah, exactly, yeah. And, which is which is awesome. But uh, you know, I think that you 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 read these Marvel 70th anniversary comics, and you're like, you know what? They have some really awesome characters in their oh, back yeah. catalog. It's it's why I love the Twelve. It's like, man, there's there's history to this company that people have no idea, and there are so many stories that you can tell with these characters. It's it's one of the reasons I love the JSA. 
and you know Marvel could do that very easily. So hopefully they will. Yeah, and you know the thing, another thing I like a lot about the Golden Age stories: condensed storytelling. You get yeah. a, a whole chunk <laughs> of story in maybe eight pages, where today's panels a page. All yeah, today's writers would stretch that out for a four-issue series. You know, yeah. I, I love that that the concentrated goodness of those old stories, and they they kind of felt like they had to tell that complete story, and and because it wasn't the norm to drag stories over period of two three issues you had to get them done in one and i love that i love that about it you, in, in any golden age volume uh, like the marvel reprint things you can get like 30 stories in that thing that's yeah. value mm-hmm. for your dollar i'm not saying all the stories are good but uh they are complete and that's a very good thing you brought up jsa chris yes yes and that's that's one of the announcements that really mystified me from San Diego that JSA is splitting into two books, JSA and JSA All-Stars. And we were talking a little bit about this on the forum. I do not understand the logic behind that. From from my perspective, doing that, forcing, if I did buy JSA, I, I usually read it in trades. If I did buy JSA on a monthly basis, splitting that book and making me buy two JSAs is not a good idea. And... It all goes back to Marvel and Bendis. Okay. There's a, there's a reason why... Because Bendis is the first one to ever... No, no, no. There's a reason this. why Marvel can get away with four Avengers books. And that's because the Avengers are loaded with heavy hitters. Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man, uh, yes, Wolverine. Um, you, you have these instantly recognizable characters whereas the JLA in my opinion is populated mainly by second stringers JSA you, yeah JSA you don't you don't see someone off the street saying whoa our man's cool you know or hey it's it's liberty bell or wildcat i mean they're great characters don't get me wrong but the recognition is not there with the JSA where it is with the Avengers, and that's why Marvel can get away and they sell. J- the Avengers are in the top ten all the time. I get which what makes, you're saying, but I don't, uh, I don't buy it, dude. Because I mean, look, what do we talk about time? for a long time? Guardians of the Galaxy, awesome characters mean nothing to most people. Um, right. You know, the Order was a great series. It didn't last, but it was great. You know, but it didn't last because it didn't have characters. It was still a good series. But neither uh, of those series sell big numbers. That's what I'm going by. I'm, go- I'm just going by s- by the the attraction of the characters to the comic buying public. Yeah, the people who read JSA are going to love the fact that they have another JSA book every month. But well, I mean, get- it's 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 not the first time they've done this. I mean, J- yeah, this is I know. classified. Exactly. Where are they? Where's JLA and JSA? They're gone. They didn't. But, uh, yeah, but, no, I have JSA classified had a had a nice long run. It got up what into the into the forties. I mean, let's think about this for a second. Um, I mean, there are. I think in the in the last solicits, what did we see? There were eighteen Batman books. I mean, literally eighteen Gotham books, right? There were eighteen. <laughs> and Gotham why books. are there eighteen Gotham books? Because well, it's all it's no. all hinged on they one don't. of the most recognizable characters in the industry. Yeah, but you say yeah. that, but I'm telling you right now, dude, a lot of those books won't sell even thirty thousand copies. No, Gotham Underground. Those those will sell fine, but the, most of those books will not sell that well. Yeah, but they, they sell they, enough they banked, stuff us they, doing it. I was going to say they banked on Gotham Underground selling well, and it and I don't believe that it did. And you know the bat can only take you so far. But I'm just saying, know, like 
I, I get what you're saying, Vince, but I don't like. I guess I'm just not so like. To me, it just seems like uh, it just seems like they always try and do this stuff, and it happens all the time. I mean, we had talk about the Avengers. I mean, we had Avengers, and we had West Coast Avengers, and we had Avengers Spotlight all at the same time back in the day. Um, you know, we had. I mean, we we had, we had how many times have we split up the, the X Men? They had the Blue and the Gold teams. Um, I mean, they're, you know, this is not the first or the last time that they've split up the books. Or I, I know, but you're just you're just proving my point. You, the Avengers split off into three books because they're Marvel's most recognizable characters. The the the, the top selling mainstream comic publishers top characters are going to sell. Nah, you no, know? well, and, I, and I the X Men for, for a long for a long time. Avengers, Avengers sold. I mean, Avengers, Avengers, Avengers didn't sell like very well man. for a while. I mean, I, I guess I'm saying, like, I don't see why it's not worth trying. I mean, if it, again, oh, like I said in the forums, yeah. if if they're going to write two, they're going to have two JSA books now. I love the JSA. I've loved it. It's one of my favorite DC books. Uh, there's obviously the new writers coming on board. This I think the, the first issue came out this week, right? Uh, Which so was really it. good, by the way. Um, yeah, so, really like so they're, they're splitting it up. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to try both of them. If I like both of them, I'm going to read both of them. I'm going to love that I have twice as much JSA. If I like one or the other, I'm going to drop one and keep the other. I mean, it's just like, you know, we joked about, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm as big a Deadpool fan as you find. I'm not sure we need two Deadpool ongoings, but, but they're Minimal. trying it. So <laughs> obviously one of them's probably not going to stick and then they'll move on. And same thing with Wolverine. I mean, how many Wolverine books do we need? But I got to imagine they're not all going to last. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But, you know, they try it. I mean, what... Like Power Girl having her own series or Magog having his own series far more mystifies me than the idea of having a second JSA book. I mean, JSA has been one of their most consistent selling books for the last decade. I mean, JSA is always one of their top ten books. Always. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you just it's look at the better cycle. selling book you, than JLA. I mean, so you look at the cycle. A big part of it is is putting out number one issues. That's a huge part of the business, and that's why that's why there's a Magog series out there is because they got to put out a number one issue, and it will it will slowly decline and then it'll go away and that's just kind of what happens with comics but right. you know it's like jsa classified they had a good what how many how many issues did that run it, it got up in the 40s didn't it right but where and yeah, this and this doesn't run. normally matter to me but is in terms of the business aspect of this decision mm-hmm. where did jsa classified fall on the charts did it ever crack? It does not matter to me, but I'm just saying I'm questioning this decision because if even JSA at its peak, did that ever pop into the top five? Ever. No. Oh, God, no. God, no. It's so, not, not, even, not even JSA is a top five book. It's, it's, a, it's lucky to be a top 20 book, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. So the fact that Marvel consistently gets those Avengers books in the top ten—that not only is that a once in, no, really, it's. I think it's it's a situation that's unique to the publisher and the characters. How Marvel's getting away with this, I have no idea. The books must just be good, or a lot of people are buying them. Well, again, though, I think number one, it's always hard. Fair or not, you can't compare the numbers. If you're talking numbers, you can't compare. DC's numbers and whether they should print a book to Marvel's numbers because fair or not Marvel books for the last 15 years have sold more and I agree they just sell more the average Marvel book sells more than the average DC book and I don't want to get into discussion about why it should be should it be that's just a fact I don't you could debate to the cows on why that's the case it's just it just is um, but but they are boxing in the same ring right yeah, but what yeah. I'm saying to you, Vince, is, I mean, they're literally, DC puts out 65 to 70 books a month. Marvel mm-hmm. puts out 80 to 90 books a month. So, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't get 
wound up in any one decision. Like to me, it's more mystifying that they put out Dead Romeo or Simon Dark. I mean, I like I. It, it, I think they have a much better chance of having two JSA books sell well than they do having Simon Dark last for more than ten issues. Oh, sure, yeah. You're you know right. what I mean? So like they they have to publish X number of books because that's the business they're in. And so I guess they're thinking, well, we have Willingham, we have Sturgis. Um, you know, I mean, like there's going to be two Justice League books again. I mean, Justice League at least commercially, has been a flop since they relaunched it, number one. And yep. obviously we've talked about the, the, the turnover in the writers and, you know, that they had, uh, uh, what's his name, um, the Meltzer, and then, they had oh, Meltzer right, and then McDuffie, and obviously McDuffie got fired, and then Robinson was going to do a second ongoing, and then he then it became a mini, but now he's going to do the, the, the current the ongoing. ongoing. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like... I guess, I mean, I look at the numbers of, like, what's... I mean, the Superman books. I mean, Action has has sold for shit for years. I mean, it's sold yeah. less than 50,000 copies for the last few years. So, again, like, our, I know one's going to argue, well, they shouldn't be printing... Let's just print Superman. They don't need a second Superman book. Well, of course, I mean, but but it sells. I mean, 40,000 copies matter. So, I mean, let's see... Well, it's, like, it's, like, it's like canceling Fantastic Four, you know? Yeah, That's, exactly. They're, they're, ne- they're never going to cancel that book. Fantastic Four could sell five copies a month. They're never going to cancel that. Yeah, yeah, I I, th- I think the new incarnation with uh, Eaglesham, that's going to blow a lot of people away. I think you're going to see Fantastic Four do what Miller said he was going to do. I think well, Eagle- Mar- Eaglesham's Mar- FF's going to rocket right up the chart. Uh, Mar- Marvel has to make a, con- a concerted marketing effort to make that you know Marvel's first family again. Without that, you know, it's you talk about why Avengers sells well and everyone's buying Avengers. It's because they made a concerted effort to make the Avengers the center of the Marvel universe. They had mm-hmm. been that way for sure. years. So you know, it's it, it could you know it, it could be got Wally Wood drawn Fantastic Four. It doesn't matter unless Marvel pushes behind it and, and, and gets people to buy it. So. Hell, even Bendis in the last Bendis tapes that uh, he did with John uh, uh, mm-hmm. on even he he said flat he's shocked at Dark Avengers sales. Shocked. Yep. He figured yeah. it would be it would be, you know, a good selling book because it's another Avengers book, but he figured that there's no way it would consistently beat out new or mighty and it's beaten it every month so far. I mean it's it's it's, it's every in a top five Marvel book, so I mean, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. And like I said, I really don't give two two uh, craps about sales and and figures, and but it was just that's what really surprised me that of all the the books they could decide to split, they they picked JSA. I just didn't understand it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a large group, right? I mean, how many how many heroes <laughs> make up? It's a, it's a, it's a huge and, group. I mean, and and you like so, forty I mean, members. So, so, so maybe they'll do, you know, the blue and the gold team like the X Men. They'll have a certain. Maybe they'll mingle. Maybe they'll have a certain. You know, the, the, team. what's but, really funny. I'm sorry. Go ahead, and then I'll. Then no, I'll no, make no. My point. Okay. I, I reading the the new Sturgis Willingham uh, issue that came out this week. I, I realized about halfway through that JSA is the the DC equivalent of the X Men. Oh wow! Okay. They are they are DC's X Men book because you have the old established team and they're all about legacy and the new kids coming up. And as I was reading JSA, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like reading a you know nineteen eighty nine nineteen ninety issue of X Men as their universe was starting to expand." 
and it was going beyond the you know once they you know once they brought Kitty Pride in and it's like okay well <laughs> they can keep introducing younger mutants and it's a school and they're bringing them along and that's what the JSA is it is it's a it's basically a school for superheroes it's really similar to the X Men that's cool yeah. see I still I still haven't I mean. I haven't read these characters since Roy Thomas did All Star Squadron, so I, I I don't have a connection to the JSA or the Justice Society these days. I, I know that there are a lot of members on the team. And on one hand, you have DC coming out with these books featuring backups, and granted, you can't have you know ten fifteen characters on a team and a ten page backup story. So I guess an extra book is needed. I I'm not sure I. I don't know if the timing was all that good because you don't, I mean, and not to say that it ends at Jeff Johns. I, we know Willingham and, and Sturgis are capable of, of writing good stories. So I'm just not sure if, if you should do two JSA books at a time when the writer who's been writing it for however mm-hmm. long has just left the book. That's fair. But it's, it's uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. And I mean, yeah, you can't, like Vince says, you know, Oh, it's a book about Our Man or Liberty Bell or or, or Johnny Thunder. It's, but you don't you don't know if those characters will catch on unless you get them out there. So maybe someone will say, you know what, Liberty Bell's my favorite character these days, and thank you for putting her in the JSA book. Hey, eleven o'clockers, this is Scott from Florida. Just calling, saying I was listening to episode sixty-four. And I heard Jason say that he couldn't order from InStock Trades because they didn't take PayPal. Well, I just want to let you guys know that if you go to PayPal, you can download a plugin for your Internet browser to where it generates a temporary-use MasterCard that you can use at any website that takes MasterCard, and it is automatically funded through your PayPal account. And I know for a fact that it works at InStock Trades because I've used it more than once. Love the show, guys. Bye. And to Jeff John's credit, he did cultivate an air of coolness around these characters that we haven't seen in a long time before him. But, yeah, there's only so much you can do. I mean, for me, JSA, way more important book relative to I don't want to see it go away than any incarnation of the Justice League that's been around since I've been reading DC. And that, you know, you wouldn't (laughs) think that would be the case. I mean, just because Justice League is the icons, right? But I... I can't think of a Justice League arc, except maybe the early Morrison stuff that has held my interest, like the consistent way that JSA has since uh, Robinson and and uh, and and uh, Goyer, and then and then. Well, the thing is, I, I I see what you're saying because you can always pick up a Batman or a Superman or a Wonder Woman comic. There's not always going to be a Wildcat or a you know. Alan Scott Green Lantern yeah. or a you know Mr. Terrific comic book. I mean, JSA is your shot to read about these mm-hmm. characters. Well, and I think that's when team books are actually very actually really good. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I've always loved the Avengers is that there's always been at most for most incarnations uh, one or two or, or you know of the of the iconic guys that have their own books and, and are. Mm-hmm. But then they've always had those those quirky characters that you not only do you would you would you not get a chance to read other places, but you probably wouldn't. I mean, I didn't need a, I never needed a Doctor Truitt ongoing. You know what I mean? I, I didn't need a Tigra ongoing. A, a, I, Joca- I dig, a Jocasta, ongoing. right? But I dig when they interact. You know, I wouldn't and, mind um, seeing that. Yeah, I mean, so, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I think is cool about. Them. 
is that you yeah. get well, you get to see these characters and, and you get them to interact in a way that you wouldn't in a solo book. It just doesn't work. I mean, I, so um, yeah, I like it. Right. I'm, I'm all for it. Well, a lot of the writers battle in convincing the reader that the uh, characters are, are worthy of their dollar and time is it's in the bag with the Marvel characters because you have the the largest publisher of mainstream comic books and the most popular characters of that company. The battle is won. You don't have to convince anyone that Captain America is cool or that, you know, Spider-Man of all characters like David said, the flagship character of Marvel. There's there's not a whole lot of work to be done convincing kids and readers, uh, older readers, that this is a very cool, very viable character. Whereas in a book like JSA, it's a a pretty steep uh, climb to to get to the convince the reader that Adam Smasher's cool. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? It's so a lot of the work is built into the Marvel books that are done. It's finished. The the half the battles won, and I think that's the it's a big detriment to JSA finding an audience. But well, you know, I I could be looking at that at this through rose colored glasses, whereas maybe well, a lot of people don't agree with me that the Marvel. Let me just I mean let me just throw a number at you, Vince, because I I just think your perspective is a little off here in terms of the comparisons you're making. I mean JSA. Um, until the last two issues, Johnson's been off, was selling consistently over seventy-five to eighty thousand copies. Mm-hmm. It was it it was a top twenty book for the entirety, as at least the numbers I'm looking at of Johns's run. It's it sells basically Parapasu with Spider-Man. It, it's it sells Terramasu. <laughs> Even, it, it sells it sells almost I mean within three four five thousand copies a month to what amazing sells. So I, you know, I don't. It's as popular a book. It's yeah. JSA is more popular than Superman. It's more popular than Action Comics. Uh, it's it's more popular than several of the Batman books. Um, yeah. So I guess it was a, a it's one savvy of their decision then. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Ju- I just know you know for me as a you know long time Marvel reader for the majority of my comic reading life that I had heard that the JSA was a good book, but it it kind of felt a little impenetrable before I started reading it. So, you know, it's about legacy characters. It's about history. And it's about a lot of characters that I had no idea. I didn't I didn't know, you know, Mr. Terrific from from Doc Midnight. But it really was a book that once I got into it, I, I very quickly um, fell in love with it. And, yeah, I, I hope that, you know, if you've never read JSA before, you know, go back and Go back and grab those those trades from from whenever Goyer and Robinson jumped on, and then and then when the uh, the Jeff John stuff really kicks in and gets going, it's a, it's a fucking awesome series, man. Mm-hmm. And you were blessed with having Tom Caters as a friend too. Oh yeah. So oh, so yeah. anything you didn't get, he would sure to be sure to flesh out for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Yeah, just just my skewed perspective, I guess. You got it twisted, dude. Twisted. I do have. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. David, talk to us. What are you reading, buddy? What you reading? Oh, I, I did read that Marvel mystery comics. The one, th- and, and I haven't gotten a chance to um, read Wednesday Comics number four yet. I picked it up tonight, but I didn't. I didn't get to flip through it yet. Um, yeah, uh, Gotham City yeah. Sirens number two. Wow. What'd you think? Because, like I said, I was kind of on the fence as whether I was going to keep going with it after number one. Um. March's artwork is 
very good in a lot of places and and sometimes it looks like he um uh not the the women can be drawn suggestively, which I, it is fine. But I mean, I'm, I'm, there are times where it could be subtle, like when uh, Mark Beecham drew uh, Black Hat in the old Spectacular Spider-Man issues, or it could be <laughs> it could be not not so subtle when um, or Sam Marie, or not so subtle when uh, <laughs> when uh, it, it, like like the like one of the brothers will draw in Birdland or an Eros comic. It, it's Ooh. it's it's. Uh, I, I like the curves he's doing. The, the story is pretty funky. I know, I, I still haven't read Hush, and it's and and when Renee asked me about it, and I didn't have an answer for. It, I now have a, a mission come Windy City, but the uh, I'm I I like the three characters. I thought um, it it was I like how it picked up after the first issue, third issue. Now I I I, I want to find out what's what's happening in the next issue because of how the second issue ends. The story's pretty funky. I don't know how t- tied into it is with, with the regular, with, with the rest of what's going on as far as Batman reborn. Um, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this in, in, in its own little world with, with, with these three women. And I, I think, um, I think Paul Dini's having fun, or at least it, it appears that way to me. And, uh, and I'm, I, I am, I am enjoying it. It's, it's, uh, and it's 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 a uh, bone of contention in the house right now because Renee read the second issue over the weekend and and she wanted the third and and she uh, she's she's really a, a trade reader more than anything else and and she does not like reading her books in piecemeal. Yeah, go Renee. So, so yeah, so you know, don't don't give me my stories one month at a time. I want to read. You know, never mind. That'll take if she gets six issues in one chunk, it'll take six months to read the next book and I'm trying to figure out so okay so it's is it easier to go back and remember what happened six months ago than it is four weeks ago and and apparently it is it's much easier to remember when you read something in one big chunk than it is to remember 22 pages from four weeks ago because you, you get all you, the you guys yeah you guys have a DVR don't you Yes. We do have a DVR, yeah. <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm watching all of 24 in one 24-hour oh, block. No. <laughs> <laughs> we do do that with a couple of shows, though. We'll let some stockpile, but uh, shotgun them. Sure. But she'll, uh, but she's she's enjoying uh, Sirens, and um, and she's. I think when we place next month's DCBS order, she's going to have to look over my shoulder over at the uh, at the Archie solicits. Because uh, she's been Jones and Sarid to read some more Archie recently. Oh, DCBS order. I'm glad you mentioned that. I just want to make everybody aware in this month's previews, in the DC section of all places, do not overlook. Why am I echoing? I don't know. No, I'm not no. hearing an echo. Do not <laughs> overlook the Monster Society of Evil. Shazam! You have to order this book. That's all I'm going to say. It is chock full of. I think it was Golden Age, wasn't it? No, this is no, not no. right. This is not the Jeff Smith book. No, oh, no, this is CC right, Beck. Yeah. No, yeah. this is uh, okay. this is the classic Monster Society of Evil. Two hundred and eighty pages for forty bucks. I think it's two hundred and eighty pages. But this is one of those things where they did collect it at one time in the seventies, and the book went quickly out of print and has not been available since. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Yes. Okay. Vintage. This, old, this old faucet stuff? Vintage Captain. No, I don't know if DC. No, it's vintage faucet. I'm echoing. It's killing me. Why don't you restart it? No, fuck that. I'm not going to do it. I just won't, I just won't talk. I'll, I'll take that all out. You guys go. I'm not going to restart. We're too close to the end. Three, two, one, go. I did have one other thing I wanted to mention. Do it. Um, in my last DCBS shipment was a glorious little trade paperback entitled uh, Nexus As It Happened, Volume 1. Oh, the little black and white? Yeah. It, uh, it is the... Um, it reprints the first, uh, the, the first three-issue uh, series, the Volume 1, and then the uh, first... Um, volume two, uh, the first four issues of that series of the '83 series, and uh, it's terrific. It's a great little package. It's nine ninety nine retail price for anyone that's curious about Nexus and didn't want to invest in the. Um, they're beautiful, the, the color reprints, but they're they're pretty expensive. The archives, yeah, the fifty dollar yeah, archives, fifty bucks. So if you were just curious about the, the story and, and didn't want to show out that, I, I would definitely recommend this. Um, you know, I. I at the beginning, I said I was Horatio Hellpop. Um, uh, and Nexus is one of David's favorite characters, as I recall. So I don't. You might do a better job of articulating what makes it so special. I mean, obviously, Steve Rude's art is is, <laughs> is triumphant in this. It's uh, and it's, it is interesting because I, I do think you can really see the market growth from issue number one, which is still very, very good. Um, but but you start getting to those last few issues of the 83 series, and he really starts to get a little more creative. And, yeah. Um, and it's it's just stunning. I mean, it really is stunning. Um, but it's one of those series that I, I think is great because, you know, it, it was written in the early 80s, and you wonder, is it going to be dated? But um, it, I thought it was a series in a lot of ways before its time. Um, it, it had a really nice mix of characterization, but there's definite humor um, there, there's, there's, you know, adult themes. I mean, there's definitely, there's beautiful women, there's sex, you know, there's revenge, it, it but it, it, it all mixes well. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. It's almost like a, it is sort of like a soap opera, you know I mean? It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, uh, in, in many ways it's so, it's soap operatic, but, but, uh, but with a bunch of, of badass characters, um, you know, and on the surface, like if you look at some of them, they look kind of goofy. But it works within the context of the series, like I think any good sci-fi. And I was thinking about it as I was reading, and thinking, God, you know, some of these characters are so goofy looking, but it doesn't bother me. And it's, it, but it's no different than you know Star Wars. You know, when you look, go back and look at some of the characters from Star Wars, they're ridiculous looking, but they worked because it was sort of escapist. And it's the same thing here. I mean, you know, like Dave and his son. I mean, they look goofy looking things. The Thunes, they're they're goofy, but but they work. You know, um, the Thunes are awesome. Hey, Oprah. Hey, Skip, I ain't going to flip the tables on you, Oprah. I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite things. It's uh, it's this online comic book store. It's uh, it's great. It's, it's like, well, it's basically like a, a discount comic book service online where you can buy your things. You can get up to like 50% off of some things. I, I use it all the time. I, I can't think of the name of it, but you really ought to check them out. And it's real convenient. You just clickety-click in the cart, and you don't have to get funny looks when you're buying your latest copy of Shirtlifter or Blowjob. You can just, just ease. It's really great. I highly recommend it. Oh, here, here's a URL, Oprah. That's uh, dcbservice.com. Check them out. 
it, it's a great read. And like I said, for nine ninety nine, I mean, if you, if you're just curious about it but you're not familiar, it's I don't see how you can go wrong. Um, I also think just for selfish reasons, I think we all are fans of Steve Rude, and um, he. He could use the money. I mean, just to be, be. I mean, they've been pretty. He and his wife's been pretty forthright about they've been struggling financially. Um, in fact, they were actually a few mortgage payments short lately, and uh, part of that was because they had to come up with the money to print this book. Um, and so, I would love to see this book really sell well, um, because number one, if it sells well, we'll get more volumes, which is great. But two, I think you know, Steve Root is way too talented a guy to not be able to make a living doing comic books. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we should we should do this, we should we should do this as a book club. Oh, hey, why not? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, um, I, I'm curious, David. I, I know we've never really talked about it on the show. I mean, if if you had anything to say about like why it's one of your favorites, I mean, I, I enjoyed it very much. But yeah, I, again, it's it's uh, it's kind of I'm kind of new to it myself, so I I, I don't have uh, the, probably what I mean as far as what at at the time when I was first reading it, I was I. I I really enjoyed a lot of the in, independent companies first, and and any clips, and and um, but Nexus was different in tone. I mean, obviously, you know, Mike Barron's a, an intelligent guy, and 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 him, and I'm sure he he and Rude definitely had an agenda, especially with 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 what Horatio would do. In, in any given situation, his he has his bad dreams and, and he knows what he has to do. And I mean, there are times where you can definitely get a feel that uh, whatever administration was running the country, if if Mike Barron didn't particularly care for that person, you were probably going to find out about it reading that. <laughs> yeah, um, the uh, Rude's pages are gorgeous. I mean, not just the art, but like the panel layouts and how creative he was. The character was different than anything else. I mean, this is a character who this is the early 80s. This is a character. I mean, we were talking about anti-heroes and vigilantes Mm -hmm. last week and I mean, this is just somebody who, who kills and whether it's it's the right thing to do or not, it's it's a character who you know, if if he doesn't Something bad's going to happen to him. So, this this has to be done. And this isn't this isn't the type of story you're going to see in an issue of Incredible Hulk with Sabushima art or Amazing Spider-Man by Ron Friends and and or or an issue of of just a regular issue of Batman. These were just different types of stories, and and I was just as completely sucked in, and uh, and it was it was kind of a complete package. Yeah, and the thing about Horatio is he's basically a forthright dude. He, he's he's very moralistic, but he's forced to kill. And yeah. and yeah, the majority of the people that he's sent to dispose of are I don't want to get into any kind of ethical argument, but uh they they are worthy of killing. But then there's yeah. the one that's not that may have made a mistake or had you know did did kill someone or or you know yeah a mass murderer but it may not have been entirely their fault but he has to complete the assignment mm-hmm. that's what always intrigued me about nexus where he he wants to do what's right but sometimes what's right isn't always the best thing to do right. which was cool and there's one aside from the the great storytelling baron is a, a master stel- storyteller and steve rude's Phenomenal art. The guy is one of the best in the business. The main reason to read Nexus, Judah the fucking Hammer. 
<laughs> he <laughs> is my my favorite character out of that. He is a badass, but he's also the the uh, the comedy to Horatio's straight man. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it works really well. But and here you have this hulking guy, incredible, capable of doing incredible damage to you, and he's cutting up half the time and he's always yeah. with the you know that's the beauty of nexus yeah Thing, things aren't always what they seem i love well, it. as as great as judah maccabee is i if if she's on a page i can't take my eyes off of sundra mm. no for yeah. rizzle yeah and her her uh character develops in really yes. intriguing ways over the series well the other cool thing too is i mean this was written in the early 80s and you know the You've got the the intergalactic web, right? I mean, it was very forward thinking. I mean, I, I don't think he was thinking of the internet when he wrote that, but it was analogous to where we are today with the internet. You know, where everything is connected and information is instantaneous, and that you know, um, it is just. Uh, I thought it was really forward thinking. Um, and the other thing too is like, there's crazy shit. Like, you know, we don't think twice about all the superheroes we read and how they have these powers, but then you look at this idea of fusion casting and think, how wacky is it that all these severed heads are giving a dude superpowers, but yet no more wacky than any like than a guy getting bit by a radioactive spider. So right. kind of take a step back, it makes total sense. And then you're yeah. like, oh, that's actually pretty cool because it's different. But it, you know, you're like, well, why not, right? Yeah. I mean, the brain, brain, the human brain is theoretically capable of a lot more than we actually do it, use it for. So uh, yeah, it's just a blast. I, I, uh, I can say, just like I said, nine ninety nine in stock. It's probably Christ six bucks. So do yourself a favor. I mean, it's, yeah. it's six bucks well spent. And we were talking about uh, the rarity of artists that can translate music to the comic book page. Rude's one of those guys that can pull it off. Because there there are instances of Nexus where there is music or a specially themed section where song is involved and he pulls it off. You actually get the feeling that there is... You know, vibrations in the air, those notes, you can feel them through his, his drawings. That's really tough to pull off. I guess we, yeah. I, this thing about, I, we haven't actually said what, the, what it's about so much, but I mean, it is pretty much about Horatio Hellpop is a super powered guy. He's got crazy powers. He gets, uh, what, you know, bad dreams, and the dreams sort of tell him what he needs to do, which is, as you alluded, Vince, killing, killing typically mass murderers. Mass yeah. murderers. And, uh, um, but he's so powerful that, of course, everybody's he's very mysterious. He has a, a planet that he lives on that's uh, that's uh, called uh, uh, Ilum. Elam. Asylum. Elam, right? But it's a yeah. short short for us to play on words for asylum. And he's got all these you know these uh, these creatures, they're aliens living there with him that were that he's rescued from oppression and uh, um, and uh, looked uh, upon as a god by most of them. Yeah, he's got oh, godlike and, powers yeah. and he's mysterious. And by, and by the way, I forgot that was his last name. I. No ratio <laughs> from Nexus. I forgot that was his fucking last name. Yeah. So fucking oh. sue me. And, and his, and, uh, it's, it's odd that you bring that up after we've described the book. Uh, 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 oh, <laughs> the son of a communist dictator, which is interesting because again, mm-hmm. it was written in the early '80s. So, um, you know, you basically have a communist son who's somewhat heroic, but but conflicted, right? And I think that probably does. It's a pretty overt political statement for the time. I mean, now it's probably if you read it now and you were twenty years old, you'd probably be lost on you because communism is more of a conceptual thing for for a twenty year old than it would have been for us, you know, who lived through the Cold War. Sure. But uh, but yeah, awesome stuff. To definitely, like I said, you can't price point. You know, it's one of those no brainer values if you if you don't feel like shelling out. And, and that, go ahead. I was just going to no, say I you should. can get the um, you can actually get the issues of this stuff. This is not a, you can actually find Nexus issues if you're. 
if you go to cons or you go online. I mean, they're not. Yeah, they're the, not the, the three issues from the, the original three issues from the first volume might be a little harder to get. Right. But the uh, the issues put out later by first the and and for those people that that uh, like their collections or their reprints to maintain the color of the original run, those first three issues in that book would are originally in black and white. So you're not losing anything in the first three issues. You're just, I mean, the, the last, the, the second four, the second story, yeah, the, those were in color, but uh, but not the. I mean, Rude's one of the artists, you know, like like Chris Omni, like like Bernie Wrightson, that you know they don't really need a whole lot of color to really get the point across. Are you on Chris Omni's well, payroll? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I get a, 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 man, I get a sketch you, at Windy City, man. You got no, the huge I, man crush on Chris Omni. I do. It's an easy man crush to have. It is. It's it's worthy. Damn right it is. All right. So are we done with the Nexus talk? Because we're we're out of time. For now, yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Let's do an 11 o'clock book club and make with the Nexus. You know what? I bet you if we talk to the fine folks at DCBS or InStock, they may even knock a couple percentage points off on that discount for us for doing a book club. So. Because, after all, they are our sponsor, mm-hmm. and they sponsor this very episode right here, dcbservice.com, Discount Comic Book Service. Massive discounts, secure packing, fast shipping, right to your door. Thank you, costumed custodian of the United Parcel Service, and they are the best in the business. Uh, I would also like to thank, before we sign off, and this is something that I blame myself for not doing. I would like to thank everybody that calls our hotline. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. yes. Because, I mean, I'm negligent. I don't do that enough. And really, they are, I think, a lot of the reason why this dog and pony show works is because of the phone calls. Oh, definitely. So thank, thank you, everyone who continues to call in. And if you haven't called in, please do so. You can find our number on the forum dot bullpenbulletins.com or 11oclockcomics.com the number's there maybe one of you guys knows it offhand I don't because I don't pay attention to things like that the phone number for this for every show yes 206-312-5239 what was that again for the hearing impaired 206 <laughs> I'm holding up fingers thank you 312-5239 right so call us and you can talk about anything we don't care there's a couple messages in this episode that are a bit strange. Right. Come to a bit of a decision. A moment of clarity has been had in my fucking head. I've decided I'm not going to stop smoking the skunk because I still read Grant Morrison books. And Sea Guy looks fucking... It makes sense on skunk. So what I've decided is I'm going to keep on buying books and skunk, but I'm going to quit buying the Rizzlers and save money by ripping off the covers off of the event books like we used to in the old days when it did not matter what it fucking looked like and I'm going to smoke them instead. Only thing is though, Thor, number 600, left a bit of a pithy aftertaste at the back of my throat. Maybe it was the cover, I don't know. But the 499 books don't taste any better, got to tell you. So our Susie now is quite happy because I'm not buying the Rizzlers. So that's a saving of about 97 pence a fucking week. However, my covers are fucked. But I get to smoke the skunk, and I get to read my books. 
and understand the Grant Morrison. Anyway, I'm moving on. Hello! I'm calling on this occasion to, I suppose, signify my year anniversary with 11 o'clock comics and podcasts in general, but specifically 11 o'clock comics. Yes, it was a year ago that I typed the word comics into uh, the podcast page of iTunes, and up you came with your alluring picture to kind of lure me in, and I've been on the board ever since. So thank you for a fabulous year um, of, of just broadening my broadening my horizons, just opening up a huge world of comic books that I would never have uh, even dreamt. I would never have read Lock and Key if not for Chris um, talking about it. I would never have read House of Mystery if, um, again, if Woods hadn't picked it up and, and said, you know, I haven't read this before and I'm fine with it. I never would have tried Young Liars if you hadn't, if you know, you guys hadn't gone through that as well. Um, yeah, thanks guys. Really, really, really just can't thank you enough. Um, fantastic. Yeah, and thank you for bearing with me. And, um, yeah, I'll, if you keep doing it, I'll keep listening. So, happy anniversary. Merry New Year! Yeah, bye. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Just you there's can just, a fucking shock. You can just go off on anything, and we we will play it. So we love hey, you. Hey, uh, uh, probably a little. Um, Want to give folks a little bit of a head of, uh, a heads up? Wizard World Chicago uh, next weekend, and uh, and and Mr. B, you're going to come in to town and visit me. You betcha. We're going to have some good cuddle time. I'll bring cookies. Yes. All right. Um, I got a message from Steve Bryant saying, "Dude." Cool. We will hang. We have to. Oh, and I said, right. "Hey, how can I refuse that?" Mr. Hillary, yeah, Hillary already told me he wants to hang out with you. Awesome. Nice. So, um, I don't know yeah, if we have we, anything. <laughs> Do what, David? No, I was just gonna say what? What did what, what Vin say about Hillary that he wants to see him? He's awesome. Oh, okay, yeah, we're saying that this week? Okay. No, it's like, uh, and I'll slide a napkin over to him. Hillary, why don't you doodle on that napkin a little bit oh, while yeah. we're sitting there? <laughs> Just, and don't check eBay for a couple of days. Oh, no, uh, I would never be able to part with it. It's only no, money. I, I, I don't think we have anything official planned, but uh, um, check the forum. I'm sure that we'll have some some get-togethers planned at some point, but uh, probably the easy thing is uh, just go to the, the Hyatt bar um, on Friday or su- or Saturday night, I'm sure that we will be there at some point. Yep, hanging would love with to. Yeah, would love Dave, to meet some folks. Dave Wachter and the Kramers and Andy Jewett. It's going to be a great time. Will Piper. Yes. Will said he's he's looking forward to hanging out with us. Can't wait awesome. to hear stories. Make sure you do lots of tweeting and picture taking and all that good stuff. Yep. We'll do. All right. So if you're in the vicinity, stop at the Windy City. Uh, yeah, the wi- I fucked it up. <laughs> Stop at Wizard World Chicago, and then a couple weeks after, drop off yourself at the Windy City Comic Con. And uh, we will be back next week. Next week's going to be a rushed episode. So I don't know yeah, when I we're going to. So. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to record, but we'll get it done for you. We're not going to miss a week. No. We, ha- we haven't yet, so we've got to keep the streak going. Keep it on, baby. Right. Thank you for being here, and everybody say bye bye. 
Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Before we say goodbye, make sure you please, please, please read The Last Resort. Oh, you scooped me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gray. Uh-huh. It is a uh, shit. classic little <laughs> throwback uh, horror comic that's uh, very evocative of the old uh, EC world. It's, uh, it's cool stuff. So Nice. What else uh, I, I, I was going to say Amazing Spider-Man, but we'll save that for another week. I'll say, uh, but I'll still baby. give I'll still give Dan Slott some love. Uh, read Mighty Avengers. Wow, jeez, I don't know what to say. Uh, go buy the Marvel 70th Anniversary Specials; they're awesome. There you go. Yep. Uh, read the uh, the uh, just released first volume of Jersey Gods. Yeah. Yes. Good, Good choice. Good choice. All right. That's all we have. We have no more. See you next week. He's the flock out. Bye-bye. Booty. How's how's that for the next system? Nice. Booty. Booty.